Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly? My name's Arnaldo. I'm your host, and I'm joined by... Birdo. Uh, Birdo, what movie are we watching today? Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, which was released in 1995. Five. Wow. So, uh, you know, if you've been here before, you know we had some rules. What movie we could count and not count. And this one, we went back and forth a lot. And if if you know us, you've heard us go back and forth on whether or not we should do Power Rangers. Right, because they and are superheroes. They're definitely superheroes. There is a comic book series. Okay, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That part, that gets complicated there. The, yes, <laughs> because I was under the impression that the comic came out decades later. Right. Right. That's the newest publication of the comic. It's also from like 2015. Probably the only successful run of the comic. Apparently it's great and it's nothing like this. Like it's like its <laughs> own thing completely. It's, and it, I really want to get into from it. From what I see, it gets pretty dark too. So you've, you've got some research, right? I, I, a little bit. A little bit. A okay, little bit. Yeah, we're not going to dive deep into that. And then at some point we decided to count, quote unquote, media franchises. Right. Which this would definitely fall under. Yes. So like things like Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, there was another one I can't remember. Things that were uh, instead of like, you know, like, uh, you know, the how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was like a garage startup uh, yeah. comic book that was eventually picked up into a highly successful TV show. Which and then it blew up into an entire media up. franchise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Because of the Ninja Turtles and a couple other things like these companies were saying, what if we just skip all that? underground you know grassroots bullshit and just go straight to the blow up part where we have toys <laughs> video games comics tv shows movies do it all at merchandise once. all of it yeah. uh and that's like the media franchise and you saw it with gi joe gi joe is like an adaptation of like an old thing from the 50s mm. but they redid it and they're like balls to the wall tv <laughs> shows toys knowing is half the battle Lunch boxes, PSAs, <laughs> right? Uh, same thing with Transformers. They're like all at once. And the thing is, a lot of these are from like the 80s or early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Power Rangers is right there. They were like, hey, this is going to be successful. We're going to will it. We're going to ma manifest the success, you know? So I didn't know this until literally yesterday. There was an original comic that came out the same year as a show. Yeah. Making this completely like a media franchise. It's like not right off the bat. Yeah. It's not technically based on a comic, but the comic and the show are went hand in hand. Yeah. So close enough. Recently, what we've done, what have we been doing lately? We did, what did we do last week? Uh, holiday special. Last Guardians week was the, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday yes. special. We've been doing a lot of reviews lately because a lot of new stuff has yeah, been coming out. We just did Constantine. That was probably like our one episode yeah. in a while. And man thing that we squeezed yeah, out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, in the last couple of months, there's been a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. Um, I think that I think, time of year. I think January, February is pretty slow, though. Until uh, we get yeah, to like and then March. March we get hit is with like fucking Shazam everything. And a bunch of Marvel stuff, I think, starts coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, guys, yeah, we do uh, all these, obviously, the movies. We do reviews. Um, so, check it out. But basically, what we're going to do today, we're going to cover a little bit of background for Power Rangers. Uh, our initial expectations, we're going to uh, recap the plot of the movie, analyze it to the best of our ability, and then keep or cancel on Jason David Frank. Very famously plays Tommy Oliver, recently deceased. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's kind of why we were like, hey, you know what, let's 
let's unearth this thing. Yeah. <laughs> let's do Power Rangers. <laughs> Uh, and then at the end of the show, we're going to uh, decide if this belongs in the Phantom Zone or not. And also, we're streaming on Twitch. We're here with some friends. We're right by Cosplay, a man named John. Uh, you can hang out with us on Twitch every Monday night when we record these episodes at 8 p.m. Twitch.tv slash films from PZ. Berto, are you ready to get going? Yeah, let's go. Background. Okay. <laughs> let's just put it this way. Let me. Let me. This is going to be dense. Yes. Let me phrase <laughs> this in a way because we don't have to. We don't have to make it dense. But let's. Let me phrase this in a certain way. How old were you when you discovered that the Power Rangers are a big fat fraud? Uh, ooh, probably not until like I was like 12 or 13. I think I was in college. Oh, okay. Like I was old. Oh, it, uh, quite some time had passed for you. <laughs> yeah, and and one day I was like on a Wikipedia hole or something and then I discovered Super Sentai. And I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm like, "My whole life has been a lie." I was shook to my core. You're like, I was watching Japanese television with yeah. just American stuff stitched in. It, you know what it feels like? It feels like Santa Claus. Like, you lived your whole childhood <laughs> under this illusion that, like, this is a, an original show. And it's not only not that original, it's completely Frankenstein. Yes. And, like, looking into how it's done, though, it's actually quite impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> and when you think about it, it's an enormous cash cow. Like this has got to be the highest. Oh yeah, profit th- this ratio. Is so low budget for them to do. Oh my god, yeah. Essentially, if you don't know, and again, like no, no shame in not knowing how Power Rangers gets made. I didn't know until I was super old, and now I feel stupid because you go back and you're like, well, so obviously, it's obvious. Yeah, the evidence <laughs> is there. You can see the seams, but right. Power Rangers is an adaptation, and it's it's less than an adaptation. It's a repurposing of. Footage from a Japanese TV show called Super Sentai. Yes. And <laughs> the specific one that uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers used most of its footage from was called... <sighs> and what's the point? It, there's no point in trying it's to translate called these things. K- Kyoryu Sentai Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the 16th season of Super Sentai. 16th. That's what really got me. They've been <laughs> making Power Rangers since... 1975 by Power Rangers I mean Super Sentai I'm sorry right the Japanese show it's not until the 16th season that it gets leased and repurposed to the American company Saban uh, which turned it into Mighty Morphin Power Rangers yeah and that itself is a story too actually so the whole idea of adapting like a Sentai series for America started in like the late 70s and this is because wait but that's like when the show was starting right but 15 the, years before the, the reason why the idea even came to fruition though is because of uh the spider-man show that marvel helped oh, make in so japan marvel partnered with toei right yes productions which which is who are the makers of so super sentai yes is it sentai sentai I think it's sentai okay cool i was saying it right <laughs> <laughs> there was an agreement there and then um the japanese created a spider-man show I'm not going to get too detailed in that because I think we're actually going to cover yeah, that later. That, 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 yeah. We'd be stupid not to talk about Japanese Spider-Man. Exactly. <laughs> and Marvel tried to make something with um, one of their properties called Sun Vulcan, but nobody bought it. Nobody in America bought it. They famously tried to sell it to HBO and HBO was like, nah. <laughs> the adult programming. <laughs> so, so out of this agreement, Japan got Spider-Man, which in turn actually inspired a bit of Power Rangers because you know how... They get the, like the Megazord at the end to fight yeah, the giant. Yeah, yeah. That That's came it. from Spider-Man. Does Spider-Man predate 
Super Sentai? No, but Super Sentai started doing that after Spider-Man did. They didn't have the swords. They didn't have the swords. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> right? And then so um, Haim Saban made a business trip to Japan in the 80s. And on his hotel room TV, like the only thing that was showing was uh, some Japanese series called <sighs> Chodenshi Bioman. Forgive me if I mispronounced that. You most certainly did. Go on. <laughs> but uh, the concept of it just like fascinated him. It's like, oh, these five people in spandex and masks are just like yeah. fighting monsters and stuff. Something clicked with that with him. So he tried to get that going in the U.S. So he actually produced a pilot, which would have been a an American adaptation of Bioman, that show that I watched. Okay. Nobody picked it up. <laughs> well, was that a Super Sentai series? It's like that same well, genre. Saw, okay, but it wasn't I don't think it was specifically Super Sentai, very though. Very interesting. <laughs> like, years later, um, he went to Fox Kids and presented his idea to them. And turns out the president of Fox Kids, who's named Margaret Loesch, uh, had previously helmed Marvel Productions. And she was familiar with uh, Super Sentai, so... Having worked with Japan. Having worked with Japan. So Amazing. that shit got approved <laughs> and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was born. And that is the abridged version of that story. <laughs> but it's crazy to me that instead of saying we can do that, they said, you know what? They already did the legwork for us. Let's just buy. Let's like make Saved by the Bell and stitch that into. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a super Sentai. That's exactly what it is. So if you. OK, so little short recap on how they make Power Rangers. If you don't know the Power Rangers formula, if you've never seen it, uh, first of all, where were you your entire childhood? Just real quick. Um, yeah, and it's like five cosmically powered super teenagers, right? right. Teenagers that, with attitude. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they say in they the very first the attitude. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's in like the opening credits of the that's first so episode. It's 90s. so great. It's so great. There's some sort of mystical leader uh, and some power source, and then that person will recruit three to five plucky teenagers. I say three to five because there have been several seasons where there's just three of them. Yeah, that started um, in America. That started a bit late, like like six seasons in. But um, uh, in the first sixteen episode uh, series, there was like one or two of them. But there was only yeah. three. I think I started with like Ninja Storm. Later on, a six rangers introduced halfway through the season. That that didn't happen until coincidentally the series that coincides with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So the Green Ranger yep. was the first sixth Ranger. Um, yes. And then that trope was kind of carried on forever. <laughs> uh, each series is just one year long. Um, so different cast of characters, different costumes, different power source, quote unquote. So it's like tenuous canon and continuity, right? Super Sentai, I'm not sure if they actually connect in any way. Well, I mean, it's like Power Rangers. I, I know Power Rangers they, retroactively did that. Yeah, but like also it's very tenuous. Like right. how well, many um, how many individual power sources could there possibly be? And Well, I think the comics actually get into that. Oh, I would love to read the comics, actually. I but want to read them. Basically, every team and every year have a different motif to them. Right. So it'll be animals, uh, dinosaurs, ninja, police, cars, etc. And, and they'll recycle them a little bit and change it up a little oh, bit. It's, they've yeah. had like they've had like four, four dinosaur five ones. dinosaurs, like five ninja ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they all have uh, individual Zords, so like big mecha creations, right? Yeah, and they um, robots form together, kind of like uh, Voltron. What came first, Voltron or or Zords, Mega Zords? Huh. I don't know when Voltron came out. Uh, Voltron, it wouldn't surprise me if Voltron was first. And then each episode essentially follows the same formula, right? There's an overarching villain who makes a monster of the week, 
They attack the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers fight them once, regroup, fight them again. The villain turns really, really big. So the Power Rangers get their Zords. They form the Megazord, and the Megazord beats the big villain. End episode. Voltron predates Power Rangers. It does not predate Super Sentai, but it did come out around the same time as the Spider-Man show. Okay, yeah. So one of them all of that. One of them came first, but interesting. Without digging too deep, I couldn't tell you which one. I think you'd have to get some sort of expert to get into that because then they're going to get into like. No, there are people that are absolute experts on this. I've seen so many YouTube videos. Yeah, me too. Yeah, this is (laughs) not unscratched territory, right? Right. Like these rocks have been turned, just not by us. We are a little out of our depth here. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) way out of our element. But yeah, so basically what what they did is that they would repurpose footage from Super Sentai. So when Super Sentai was done with their series, because again, they make a different one every year, they will send that footage to Saban, right? Along with I think he like like paid for the footage. He's like, yeah, uh, give me some. I'll buy some of that for whatever the fuck. Probably not much. They'd buy it. They'd also buy leftover costumes, props, (laughs) and like set pieces so that they can film the English language portions of it. Which is a very small percentage of it, actually. It's like less than half. Yeah, which is <laughs> Maybe crazy because that's where most of, of the episode. story is. Right, right. Uh, and then they would disregard the uh, Japanese plots altogether, yeah. except for the ones that you can't escape from. So, like, if there were... Over, there Sometimes it'd be, like, Like, like the Green Ranger plots. thing was... It's like a five-episode thing. Yeah. So they would have... They have to write something where, like, the... Japanese action sequences would make sense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it wouldn't make sense. Um, <laughs> I think it's the first episode of Power Rangers because I've seen it like five times. Yeah. For whatever reason, I'll go back and I'll watch some of these like randomly. <laughs> the first episode, they jump to like a random place where they fight a like a, a villain that we didn't meet. They beat that villain. They come back and they continue with the main plot. So they basically stitch an extra episode in there for time. There's like, hey, let's... <laughs> Yeah, this episode needs to be a little longer. Let's just throw an action scene in there. Like another action scene from a different episode in a set we've never seen before. Right. Clearly that's not Angel Grove. Oh, yeah. It was completely (laughs) random. And that's how, like, this worked for the most part until it gets... Oh, and and then they carefully edit it all together Mm. and then they record, you know, some dialogue on top of it. The fact that they made, like, any overarching plot at all with this is amazing to me. Much less one that it, lasted like four or five seasons. It's amazing they got away with this. It's amazing that this was popular, considering how right. little because effort it, gets put into it. It probably shouldn't have been. No, this should have. But I'm been, not gonna lie, as a kid, I fucking love this. I, 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 love I still it. love it. I love. I, I still love it. No shame. <laughs> this should have been viewed by like a producer, and they should have been like, "This is garbage." <laughs> like, are you sh- are you fucking kidding me right now? But you've stitched together Fox Kids, a different show, and you're trying to make your own. For pennies on the dollar. And that's probably why they took they a risk on it. They probably did it because it was so cheap to it's do. So, yeah. It has to be so cheap. I think they barely paid the actors, too. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, And I, I meant to look up some of those stories. We can probably do that for next week when we do yeah, the sequel. Yeah, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of not great stories of being a... Um, Power Ranger? Yeah, at least in the early days. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine now. Billy but. was like, or David Yost, yeah. was like mercilessly harassed. For, being, for gay. being gay. Yeah. Not by his fellow actors. He by likes the, them by all. By the crew, By I the think. crew. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Which, I mean, I believe it. I 100% believe that. Early 90s? Yeah. It's just, it's just horrible. Like, But, I mean, apparently the his fellow 
Apparently, he was great friends with his fellow actors yeah. on set. Yeah. Apparently, they're still friends. Yeah. I mean, they they do no, like a lot of them still and, do yeah. stuff together. Yeah. I have a random number here of like total revenue, but it's from 2001, which I guess is I was like, that's a <laughs> so random year. This has fucking ballooned since then, I'm sure. Uh, obviously, but even by 2001, only eight years in. Uh, the media franchise, just Power Rangers, we're not talking about Super Sentai, had generated over $6 billion. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> but what year were you born? 93. Okay, so you were born literally born when this came the, out. I'm as old as Power Rangers. I was there day one. I watched this shit first season on TV. I think my parents were watching it because they like already had like episodes recorded when I was a kid and That's I awesome. went back and watched them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Your parents are nerds and I love it. <laughs> I was four going on five in okay. 93. And so I have vivid memories of watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I had VHS tapes. I had um, the Green with Evil story arc on VHS. Because I had that. Maybe. I had I had several episodes on VHS, and I just would watch them over and over again. I had every toy. I had costumes. I had the, just the whole, the, the works. <laughs> I dressed up as uh, the Red Ranger for like my birthdays, Halloweens, all of it. The Megazords. First of all, the Megazord toys, very well crafted. They were cool. Because they you connected could actually, like Transformers. Yeah, yeah. They transformed very well. They're very solidly built and engineered. I don't know if they're still making them that well today. I guarantee you they're not because they don't really make... Unless it's like a collector's like toy. They don't make Zords anymore? I haven't seen one in store. You probably have to some, order one and it's probably I expensive like as fuck. I had several sets of Zords because for me, the Zords and the transforming, all that stuff was mm. the most fun for me. I had the the Pyramid Zord from Zio. Yeah. I think that I might have cool. had that one. That one was cool. <laughs> you put all the other Zords inside. Yeah. Yeah. And it like opens up and they all come out. Yeah. Did you watch Lightspeed Rescue? Yeah. They were all like these really cool looking cars. And I actually did have the cars. <laughs> but they would all go into a train sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd come out of different train cars. And then the train would make its own like robot. Redback Cosplay said he had the train with the mini Zords. Oh, in you it. had. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have the train, but I wanted the train. But I did have the cars, the Lightspeed Rescue cars. <laughs> I had the. Power Rangers in space uh, Zord that turned into like the giant blue ship. I had that one. That one was cool. So Mighty Morphin Power Rangers gets a little bit interesting though because by season two, let's just remember that in in Japan they were already in in the uh, rhythm of swapping everything out every single year. And Americans couldn't exactly wrap their head around that. That like, we're going to end a show and then start from scratch again. Right. So what Saban does instead is let's just continue making well, more. And he starts taking elements from those newer seasons into the show as well. The White Ranger was mm. from a different Super Sentai. So you know why they did that? I actually did a little bit of research here. <laughs> <laughs> so they did that because they wanted to keep the same actors and the mm. same costumes. And I'm glad they did that, honestly. But they were running out of footage to use because they only had a year's worth of footage and they had used most of it already. Oh, shit. Especially the Zord footage. So mm-hmm. what they did instead is decide, well, we're going to have to make our own. And it's the only time that Saban actually makes their own episodes from start to finish, not using the recycled footage anymore, mm-hmm. at least with the actors, like the Power Rangers themselves. Yeah. They weren't about to start building Zord fucking no costumes <laughs> that's why they go from like the the dino zord which was like the first one to like the thunder zord <laughs> thunder zords yeah so the season 
after on Super Sentai, they had moved on to these thunder-themed zords. And they were like uh, mystical, like Chinese animals. Mm -hmm. So it was like the white tiger. There was like a zebra horse thing. There was a lot of interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was like a dragon. The dragon was really cool. Yeah. I think I had that toy. The dragon, the one the Green Ranger had? No. No, that was a different dragon. He was White Tiger. The, no, so you're thinking the Green Ranger dragon is, is Godzilla. Yeah, he comes out of the ocean. He comes out of the ocean. He walks yeah. out. He, he looks plays just like flute. Godzilla. Do, do, yep. Do, 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 do. yep. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to use a Zord footage, which means that they have to change the reason why they would have Zords. So like their Zords get destroyed and they get these new Zords. But they still have the previous motifs, right? Yeah. The problem is... That that second season of Super Sentai, well, it's like the seventeenth season or whatever. <laughs> um, the Rangers have different colors, so there is no Green Ranger. There's a White Ranger. Right. So all five regular Rangers keep their colors because those five Rangers colors existed in the next season, mm-hmm. but the Green Ranger has to become the White Ranger. So they take the White Ranger costume from the next season and they pull him. And they give it to Tommy. They give it to Tommy. And now he's with the previous ones. And they even had like a story reason for it and everything. Yeah, they wrote around it, which is very interesting that they could do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit strange that like, for example, like. Also, uh, like him as the White Ranger looks so different from the other Rangers. Well, that's the thing. He's like a white tiger and they're all dinosaurs still. Right. But their Zorns are similar creatures to the white tiger. As kids. Doesn't matter. And he has that sword that has a life of its own, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. S- it's like Saba? S- something like something that. Like that. Yeah. It's like sentient. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why they did that. And it's it's weird because if you go back, and I'm going to link all this below. If you look at the picture of the cast from that season, it has the White Ranger, which is so familiar, and then five dudes we've never seen before. <laughs> and it's so weird that like that's what that team was. Yeah, because those other Rangers, I don't think were used in any Power Ranger no, thing. Yeah, only the White Ranger was. Yep. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> and then so this movie is set. So Fox Kids is owned, obviously, by Fox, a major movie studio. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be. <laughs> Used to be. A major movie studio. They're making so much money in uh, licensing, toys, merchandise, all that jazz. The obvious thing to do is make a major motion picture. They don't have to sell it to anybody. They already have the rights. Just go ahead and do it. Right. right. At the end of season one, three of these Power Rangers were recasted. Yeah. Those actors were signed on and were told, in three months, you're going to Australia to do a movie. <laughs> <laughs> By the time they get on set, they just signed up for this low budget TV show, right? I, oh. Oh, but you're in a high budget, well, not relatively high. It was like twenty million dollars, significantly higher than the show. Yeah, by today's standards, <laughs> that's low budget. Yeah. By the time they got to the set of the movie, their characters hadn't been debuted in the show. The show hadn't come out yet. They, so they, they were filming this before they even started filming. They the show. filmed like half of the season, and then went to go film the movie, right? <laughs> Uh, so Trini, Jason, and Zach are written off. They're replaced by Rocky, Adam, and Aisha. Adam is one of my favorite Rangers, honestly. Really? I like him a He's lot. He's cool. I like the actor, too. He still does like voice acting stuff in, for like anime and stuff. So that documentary I watched, he's featured predominantly like he's oh, kind of really? like one of the main people, I guess, who shared enough stories or whatever. Huh. When we get into the plot, I want to talk about the continuity because there is a continuity issue here. Which led yes. to this movie being non-canon. Yeah. And I think what it was is they're telling the story of 
the Rangers getting new powers because they ran out of footage again. Uh, <laughs> and they still want to keep the same cast and the same dino motif. But now they're the new show that they have footage for now is a ninja motif. Yeah. So they have to find a story reason why they would transition to ninja powers while still being the same cast of characters. Because starting with, I think, season three of Mighty that, Morphin yeah, is when season they... season three. Which would have been right after this movie, but... Yeah. And I here's think, the thing. I think this movie actually might be, like, technically canon in that, like, it exists within an alternate timeline in that universe. I think it's considered alternate canon because it <laughs> tells if the they, same If they story, wanted to pull something from it, I think they could, but... It's basically like, hey, you can watch this movie or you can watch this five-episode arc of the show. But if you watch the movie, skip those five episodes and then you're fine. You're back to square one. You know what I mean? That might open some other issues of like, Ivan Ooze, does he exist? Oh, they kill him at the end of this fucking movie. Spoiler <laughs> alert. And uh, actually, there's a character named Ninjor and Rito, which is Rita's like brother. Rito Repulso. Yeah. Shouldn't they have the same last name? I, they should <laughs> they should anyway also rito's like a skele- a camouflage skeleton guy it's he's weird wasn't well, he like un- undead or something like that yeah. what, the reason is is because he's not a fucking he's from a different show he's from a different show he's not actually <laughs> related to rita that's the real issue so that's that's why there's some weird stuff in yeah there, but yeah so what i think i think what happens is like this is a movie. It's written by movie writers and and partially written by the director of this movie okay uh brian something or other so they have their own creative liberty to do their own thing. They're not beholden to the future plots that they have to adhere to when they have to use the footage from that season. Right. And I think when they get to that, they're like, well, fuck, we're at a crossroads now. So Here's the thing. Their ninja outfits in this movie look way better than the ones that were used in the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. All of this. <laughs> way better. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's let's get into this movie. Initial expectations. Did you watch this as a kid? I well, did, and I was very excited for it. This came out in 95. You were two years old. I remember being excited for it. So you didn't see it in theaters? Though, I didn't see it in theaters. No, no, no. But I did watch it as a kid. Um, in fact, watching this movie, like a lot of very vivid memories came back from certain scenes. Uh, most notably being like um, when the egg comes out of like the, the manhole. Oh, yeah. I just, that seared into my mind for some reason. Yep. <laughs> I've seen this movie maybe, and I'm not joking, probably 50 times. Holy shit. Obviously, <laughs> mostly as a child. I watched it. This is just one of those movies I had on repeat. You know how kids do that? I think I did too. Like I'd finish it and I'd just rewind it and watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. I had this OCD where I had to grab all my action figures and act out the third act with the Zords <laughs> because I had it memorized and I thought it was so good. Um, and I had the Zords from the TV show, which were different, kind of similar, but not. They weren't as metallic looking. They were not as CG and metallic looking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they were similar enough. Right. Uh, yeah, I remember like being stoked for the movie because I'm like, I so, love this show and it's a movie now. What did you think about going into it as an adult? Were you cautious? I was, I was cautious because I'm like, uh, like I feel like this isn't going to age well. And there are parts of it that haven't. But overall, I think that's what I thought. I thought maybe like I was just remembering it through rose-tinted glasses. Yeah. It wasn't going to age well. That's That's what I was afraid of going back into this movie. I think I had that experience a little while ago because I watched this a few years ago. And I think that was the first time I had seen this as an adult. Okay. It was just like randomly. I was like, I'm going to watch this movie and see how it holds up. <laughs> you know, before we were doing the podcast or whatever. Right. And this poster that I have up here, 
This was the teaser poster that they put up in movie theaters. And I vividly... It's the Ramones. Oh. <laughs> wow. Is it not? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, th- I have a vivid memory of exiting the theater to watch some other movie and seeing this poster and losing my goddamn mind. Because you were like, they're that making they're a gonna, Power They're going to make a movie. Yeah. Because I was well aware. Again, I was like five six years old by now mm-hmm. i was well aware of what movies were and i was well aware that they were usually better than tv shows at least at the time and they were higher budget and they were better looking yeah yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> yeah um and i was very aware of movies like batman where i would watch a tv show batman both like live action and the animated series and then i'd see the michael keaton and i'd be like oh this is like looks more realistic <laughs> you know it's dark and it's better like i was already aware that there's production value in movies. Okay. So seeing this poster made me, my little brain exploded. And I saw it in theaters. I saw it at home a good jillion times over. I probably broke this VHS tape. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, going in, I was kind of nervous. But, like, the nostalgia hit me, but different this time, I think. Okay. You know? Yeah. I understand that. Let's get into it. <laughs> Plot. So words on a screen. Uh, this this one, is once done again <laughs> very much in a Star Wars style. The words like it's a it's crawl. A crawl. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of, and I want to get into it. But the director of this movie, uh, his name is Brian Spicer. Spicer. And he hasn't done too much. Huh. And he didn't do too much after this either. He's done a couple episodes of TV. So like Castle Twenty Four, House Heroes, CSI, Hawaii Five O, Magnum okay. PI, um, like the new Magnum PI, and like this movie, but like not a whole lot, but. You know, he knows he knows what movies he's a movie fan. Right. And you can tell in this and in the interview I saw with him, he's injecting as much like movie knowledge and DNA as he can. Like like right. there's considering there's, he's like overall inexperienced. Yeah, but yeah. he's injecting with as much like cinema DNA as he can. Mm-hmm. And as the more you watch this movie, the more references you'll find to Star Wars, okay. Wizard of Oz. Indiana Jones. Stuff that he's probably a huge fan yeah, of. Yeah. I don't know if you've caught any of those, but I've sort of written them down as we go along. Okay. But yeah, this is definitely a Star Wars style Th- crawl. There was definitely a Star Wars reference that when we get there, you might mention it, but like I noticed. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, anyway, so on the screen, centuries ago, a legendary interdimensional being known as Zordon came to the city of Angel Grove to establish a command center for his never-ending struggle against evil. With the aid of his trusted assistant, Alpha 5, the noble master sought out six extraordinary teenagers, all right, five and then one found them, it's a whole thing, and gave them the power to transform into a superhuman fighting force. In time of great need, the young heroes could use their powers to call upon colossal assault vehicles known as Zords. What a way to describe them. I know. (laughs) The identity of the six remained a guarded secret. Today, that tradition continues. So this is like a, in case you don't know what the fuck the Power Rangers are. Yeah. And I'm kind of glad, you know, like I generally am against like throwing a bunch of words up on the screen. We talked about this a lot. Right. It's, the audience it usually for, feels lazy. The audience forgets all the information anyway. They can't soak it in. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's a lazy way to skip uh, like a an introduction story beat. Right. Right. In this case, yeah, I'm kind of glad because the kids, this movie's for the kids. The fans. They know what right? they're going into. They know what Power Rangers are. This is for the fucking parents that had to drive them there. So they can at least sort of understand what's going on. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> now they're going to be like, who the fuck are these guys? Why are they jumping out of a plane? I guess it's so that they can at least follow along and care. Yeah. Like, it's not hard along. It's not hard to follow along. Oh, these are Power Rangers. Whatever. It's a simple, like, it's a simple plot. It's it's a simple premise. <laughs> yeah. 
But like, uh, you know, you're giving it a little bit of like oomph yeah. and legitimacy by giving them kind of a cool backstory, right? Right. Those are more fancy words than we've ever heard in, in the first two seasons of the show anyway. <laughs> Whereas, you, you said the first episode of Zordon's like, I need five teenagers with attitude. <laughs> uh, and Alpha's like, all right, <laughs> I'll get them. Rocky, Kimberly, Billy, Adam, Aisha, and Tommy, and both Bulk and Skull. For some reason. Right. <laughs> prepare for a death-defying skydive. Bulk and Skull open the door and lean out to observe their fall before Kimberly jokingly reminds them to put on their parachutes. Why are they not concerned for their lives? They're about to like fall out of the plane. Why do they not have parachutes on? <laughs> so uh, again, if you haven't watched uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Bulk and Skull are these bully characters who are also like good friends with the Power Rangers. Somehow, which is weird because they kind of bully them a little bit at school, but it's they're more of a nuisance than bullies. But they're like, I, I think it's just to kind of really em- emphasize that the Power Rangers are good kids. Right. They're constantly forgiving and accepting of everybody. Even bullies. Even bullies with hearts of gold, probably. Yeah, here's the thing. They're bullies in like the loosest sense of it. They're bullies in that like they wear leather and like they're kind of annoying. They make fun of like, hey, the- look at this bozo, like <laughs> stuff like that. But they don't like beat people I, up I remember shit. vividly it's like one of the first few episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh Jason is like the leader of like the karate club or something like that and he <laughs> at gives, the youth center that they always hang out yes. at yes <laughs> yeah. and Bulk and Skull like make fun of him for it and they like challenge him to like a oh, karate and he duel. like kicks their asses obviously he does um <laughs> and then at the end he's like it's okay you're still my friend and it's like bro it's, it's so I get it they're just like well, there's a lesson to be taught. Right. right. There's a lesson to be taught to the kids that are watching this show. But also, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It's just like, it's kind of funny that they're like, it's cute that they hang out with them. <laughs> but it seems like the Rangers don't really care about them. Like, they're so in their uh, yeah. own clique that they're just like, oh, where's Bulk and Skull? <laughs> Who cares? They're definitely like the comic foil. They're bumbling buffoons. I do, I do like them. They're and I'm hilarious. glad they're in this movie. Here's the thing. They're fucking hilarious. They are. And I think they annoyed me as a kid, but going back as an adult, I'm like, these these are the stars. They're great. These guys are great. They're acting their hearts out. Especially they, Skull, I feel like. Uh, so the actor who plays Skull loves it. He's hilarious. He fucking loves it. <laughs> and he's so enthusiastic about this. Um, his name is, I, I have it here. I think it, Jason Narvi, I think. That's it. Yep, Jason yeah. Narvi. Yeah. And he's great to hear talking about his experience as a Power Rangers. He, he loved being on the show. Yep. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not like a proper actor. Like he has like a regular life, mm. but he always acted for Power Rangers. Right. I know basically. the guy that played Bolt came back a few times as well. He's I done some. He, he's done some more voice acting too. He really? was in like uh, My Little Pony and some oh, other things. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the adrenaline junkie teens each say a fun catchphrase and make their jump. Tommy Oliver uses a snowboard. Their catchphrases are really lame. Okay, I'm just going to say it. When Kimberly says, catch you on the flip side, does a backflip out of the fucking plane, it is so fucking hot. <laughs> Undeniable so, sexual energy. I, I think um, Kimberly was the first woman I've ever been attracted to in my life. A hundred percent. She made me discover my grown up feelings. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Going back, if you're watching this movie, don't feel weird. She's fucking 25 years old at the time of filming this. She's not a teenager. 
with not attitude. Close. Yeah, not even. <laughs> even by the time they hired her, she was twenty three. I think all of them were like in their twenties. They're all in their mid twenties. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think some of the youngest ones were like Rocky. He was like three years younger, so he was like twenty two or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, watching this movie, she's twenty five. Not that different from what we are right now. She's hot. Oh yeah, dude. She's. I think she still is. Honestly. She's. She's fifty two now. She's still very she's still, pretty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Tommy yells like surfs up and goes out on his snowboard. Uh, Billy says something really lame and like like smart sounding. <laughs> well, he's the nerd. I I know. Like that's his but it's gig. Like, of course, he has to like yell something nerdy before he jumps out of a fucking. Yeah, they're they're one dimensional characters. This is the thing. <laughs> but I love them. Well, here's the thing. All this seems so unnecessary, but as a kid, I totally got it. Like they have fucking superpowers. Why wouldn't they be into extreme no, sports? That that I get. What I don't get is how like. Everyone else is okay with like these high schoolers just jumping out of a plane without any guidance at all. They're we, just doing it. We never meet a single parent. I just want to point out they don't have parents. No, because you only see them in the school and the youth. And center. the only parents we see are from like the kid kids. No, I'm in this movie. Oh, there's one parent. Oh, there's a bunch of parents in this there's, movie. In this movie, yeah. there's parents, but it's not it like oh. the Power Rangers don't have parents. No, we never see them in the show. You only see them in the youth center and in school. And then you don't like, know their home life. No, like that's all. not not important. That's something <laughs> that the the 2017 movie went into their home life, and I like that. Well, yeah, because they're kids, and like the show <laughs> likes to pretend that they're not kids, but they are kids. <laughs> and like the parents watching the show and this movie, you, to the parents. you forget that they're like in high school, right? <laughs> also, they're in their mid twenties, so like they should just be. They in also college. don't look like they're in high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they should be in grad school actually, <laughs> with jobs. <laughs> Yeah, their job is saving the planet. So, oh yeah, true. <laughs> the team each land to a crowd, apparently in some competition, where a youngster and his dad, who also competed, watch on. The announcer names each of the teens, who are auspiciously each dressed in their Power Rangers colors. <laughs> like, of course they are. They look okay. So they're wearing. They look the, like the Power. Rangers. They look like the Power Rangers because they're wearing helmets and jumpsuits, <laughs> and they're all colored in the same colors as the Power Rangers. How has no one figured this out yet? <laughs> and also the Power Rangers are local to this small city of Angel Grove. Exactly. <laughs> Bulk and Skull miraculously don't kill themselves. Yeah, and someone says like, oh, where's Bulk and Skull? And like one of the other Rangers is like, oh, they're probably at Ernie's or something eating. Oh yeah, Ernie was that like the Hawaiian guy who made he had his own little like shop. Yeah, I think he was white, but he wore like a Hawaiian shirt all the time. Uh, I thought he was Hawaiian. Maybe you know what? I'm probably remembering it differently. <laughs> I think he I was, thought he was Hawaiian. I think Ernie was a white guy. Oh shit. <laughs> the team rollerblade. Once you blade, you never fade. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh never resisting the opportunity to do dangerous tricks along the way. They take a very dangerous detour through an active construction site where Bulk and Skull happen to land. <laughs> a construction worker finds a strange door while excavating and pulls it open with a crane. Out comes a statue gripping a giant purple egg. As a worker nears it, he's electrocuted. That's the scene that is seared into my brain for some reason. You know what I think is uh, actually kind of well done and very interesting? The focus of the scene shifts. It's not a hard cut. The team, the Power Rangers are like, hey, let's rollerblade through this construction site. Do not do that. That is so dangerous and disrespectful to people that are working there, obviously. But as soon as they do, the camera just turns and we're... Bulk and score like landing and... Like the scene is now focused on a different plot. Right. 
And I thought but that it still was happened, so like in the same area, in the same frame. Like I thought that was yeah. so interesting, and Th- they easily could it, have just like cut to something else, right? Yeah, that's. I'm like, and I think most movies even today would do that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is this is kind of well done. It's very, <laughs> it's very artistic. Yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> like this doesn't get done very often. Um, no, and I I quite like. That. Uh, how'd this construction site look to you? <laughs> oh, uh, so this movie is filmed in Australia, by the way. Oh, you can tell some of the extra actors have a weird Australian accent that they're trying to hide. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Just like with Man Thing. Just like Man Thing. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that were filmed in Australia because it's just cheap. Right. Uh, you'd go over there. And it's beautiful. Yeah, and that's the other thing. They can find all kinds of different locations, which is what they did in this movie. Okay. Um, This construction site just happened to be an abandoned construction site that, like, they saw. Oh, that was like Oregon. a legit construction site. Yeah. Holy so, shit. So uh, it was free. They just got a permit and they filmed on it. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, from construction perspective, everyone looks like they're wearing the same exact issued hard hat and vest, and they're all doing some work. Were they all uh, following protocol? Uh, look, there's no OSHA in Australia. They have something else, probably, but I, I guess. <laughs> I didn't see anything outrageous. Okay, that's good. I was just wondering what you thought, since you like you care about that stuff now. I, I do work in construction, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rollerblading rangers are summoned by Alpha 5 to the command center. Ay ay ay! Alpha Five and Zordon warn the Rangers that they feel a surge of evil energy, and Zordon tells them of Ivan Ooze, who ruled the world six thousand years ago, and was on the verge of constructing the Ectomorphicons, two enormous mecha insects to enslave humanity. A previous generation of Power Rangers sealed them away, but now he's been accidentally uncovered. They must stop and reseal the Ivan Ooze egg before it's too late. Whoa, and there's our plot. <laughs> there's a the plot. Um, I think my only criticism here is that like we're like eight minutes into the film. <laughs> and uh, we're already like, oh, the world's in danger. You got to yeah, go. Yeah, I would rather some more first act stuff. And in general, some more character stuff. Maybe? Characters. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's no real character study to any of these and Power Rangers. Here's the thing, though. Like you kind of already know these characters. That's yeah. But. And there are some character things that are brought on from the show. For example, at this point in the Power Rangers lore, there's a will they, won't they between Tommy and Kimberly. Right. Uh, that was an ongoing thread that was like much later that they finally like hook up and get together. And then she dumps him with a letter and Zio. Does she really? She sends him a letter saying oh, no. she found someone else. What? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Ooh, we're going to get to that in Turbo. He's not in Turbo, though, is he? Uh, yeah. Oh, he is? Yeah. She makes a cameo in that, by the way. Yep. And so does... Uh, Jason. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The old crew. Yeah. <laughs> the classic trio. <laughs> that night at the construction site, Rita Repulsa, Lord Zed, Goldar, and some pig we've never met before, and never <laughs> reappears in any media. He's just there. <laughs> uh, Yeah, he just... Hey, I've been here all along. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Appear to open the egg. Ivan Ooze emerges, and Zed asks if he recalls Zordon of Eltar. I'm not sure if they ever called him that before. I'd be interested in looking at that. I'm not sure either. I know in this movie they say it every time they reference yep, him yep, pretty yep, much. Yep. I think, again, you got to make it cool, like Lord of the Rings-ish, yeah. you know? Uh, which enrages Ivan Ooze. They agree to a partnership, and Zed, Rita, Goldar, and Pig all disappear. Ivan Ooze smells teenagers coming, and the gang arrives. So... Do you notice Zed's brain moves? It pulsates. Yeah. Yep. That That's, does not happen in the show. No, it does not. That's <laughs> a little bit of that extra production value, yeah. right? 
Uh, and did you know Zed was actually not from Super Sentai? That was apparently created for he was that character was created for Power Rangers. He's original for season two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was a leftover costume though. It might have been a leftover costume because Rita wouldn't have been in season two. No, but I or Gold. I'm pretty sure Zed like himself was an original creation. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, I saw that in a YouTube video. I was watching. Nice. <laughs> Also, Rita is dubbed over, and I think at first, I couldn't tell because I was watching it in very low-quality DVD, uh, she's intentionally miss, like, her her voice doesn't match her lips. Oh, like, I, intentionally making it look dubbed? It's either an accident, which is funny, or they it, intentionally mismatch her voice and her which lips. Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious. Because, <laughs> so... Uh, it's paying homage, It's paying sure. homage to that... So, so Rita Repulsa, who was in the, she's from Super Sentai. Yeah, she's right? like a witch named like Bandora or some something like that. Something, right? Yeah. So again, they take that footage and they repurpose it. For the most part, it works because all of the characters are masked. They're in some sort of costume, right? So, so, so dubbing works perfect for that. Yeah, exactly. They're just ADR. Yeah. Uh, Rita was the only human character. So that's a Japanese actress speaking Japanese, and they had to get a, a voice actress to record over it. Her mouth never matched up with the words ever, and it's something as a kid I never noticed. You that. don't notice as a kid. You go back as an adult, you're like, "This is bad. <laughs> this is like bad dubbing." Rita Repulsa is voiced by Barbara Goodson. She did the voice for her for almost her entire bit, <laughs> but she's portrayed by Machiko Soga. The Japanese actress, right? Right. But in this movie, she's portrayed by Julia Cortez. Cortez. So they went and got an actress who looks like the Japanese actress so that we wouldn't tell the difference. And she's voiced over by the same voiceover actress. So the idea (laughs) is we're not going to miss a beat, right? Right. But the voice still doesn't match up. (laughs) But like in a way, it's perfect. So yeah, whether that's intentional or not, who's to say? Yeah. But I thought it was pretty fun. Ivan Ooze laughs at the newest iteration of Power Rangers and summons a battalion of Ooze monsters before disappearing himself. The team fights them in their regular human form, showing off impressive martial arts abilities and gymnastic stunts. This uh this fight scene's actually not bad. <laughs> it's very good, and they're not transformed. They're right. not morphed. These are like these are the these are like the actors yeah. doing a lot of the stunts. Because you see their faces. <laughs> On the documentary, they talked about this. That like They wanted to get away from the characters only doing action scenes in costume. Because it felt humanless. Right. right. And since this is a movie, we want to do it bigger and better. They wanted to figure out ways of showing the characters' faces. Right. right. The actors were thrown by this. Well, they... I think a lot of the actors actually have some martial arts experience. Some of them do. Yeah. I know Austin, Jason David Frank does. Jason David Frank does. Uh, Austin St. John. He's not in this, though. No, but uh, he did. The guy who plays Rocky, he uh, has some also. He, I think his name's Steve Cardenas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has some, um, at least some gymnastic abilities. Yeah. It seems like a lot of them have some sort of. They're, and also, they're, they all look pretty jacked. Billy looked jacked in this. Billy did look jacked. He had arms. Like, he looked <laughs> like he'd been working out. Yeah. They probably told David, like, hey, you're going to be in a movie. He's like, oh, hitting the bench man but a lot of this was their own stunts i mean they're stunt people obviously right um they had to like really go out of their way to get the american stunt guys over here because they already knew all the 
visual language things, right? Mm. All of the moves, all of the stunts. Because they have already done this. Right. right. But because this movie shot in Australia, they had rules for this kind of thing. And one of them is you have to hire an all-Australian crew. It's to get locals to get jobs, right? Uh, And so what they had to do is convince them and and list the stunt actors, stunt performers, as actors, proper actors. (laughs) If they listed them as actors, they could bypass that rule because they're not a crew member, they're a cast. Uh, And the uh, argument was... Yeah, the argument was these people are the Power Rangers because, you know, Amy Jo Johnson and Jason David Frank... They're not actually putting on the helmets and doing the stunts. Right. Amy they, Jo Johnson is Kimberly. Kimberly. The Pink Ranger is... It's this stunt person. <laughs> so they listed them as actors. They probably got paid a lot more too, which is nice. And they got to fly to Australia and do the work. And see Australia. Sure. <laughs> but a lot of these, you can see their faces, which is, I thought, quite impressive. <laughs> oh, the, and the scene where Kimberly and Billy are backflipping for no reason just to get from point A to point B hilarious uh there's also like when i love it tommy's like doing kicks off of one of the ooze monsters for like a while just like a bicycle it's almost like he's like floating there yeah it it reminded me of mortal Kombat. Uh, yep i was gonna say uh what's his fucking name Um, luke kang luke kang yep Yep. his classic bicycle kick well his bicycle kick is after he morphs this is all before they morphed but yeah yeah yeah. it's cheesy but that's exactly what this is and i'm sorry power when they morph chills Oh, it, and it was really cool Absolute seeing a new like chills. morph scene. Yeah. Like, they easily could have just thrown the shit from the TV no, on there. No, this is a movie. We're doing it better. <laughs> you know, we got the money now. Yeah. Uh, the Ooze crew... Why did I write it like that? I love it anyway. <laughs> the Ooze crew corners the teens, seemingly having them beat. <laughs> you know what that means. It's morphin' time. Yeah. The six teens transform into the mighty Morphin Power Rangers and their new movie quality costumes. All right. These costumes are legitimately good. They are good. <laughs> they are um, very good. It looks like armor. It looks, yeah. And that was their uh, justification. They're like, when the show, they use spandex, it doesn't look very... Protective? Good. Like, it doesn't look like what a superhero would wear. We've got the money. Let's make legit costumes. They look fucking great. These were made out of plastic pieces, foam, leather, right. nylon, all kinds of materials. Mm-hmm. The helmets were bigger and more sturdy and like more metallic. They had fans built in to keep them cool. Holy shit. A lot of times it wouldn't work. Uh, they yeah, would, sounds about right. <laughs> all this had to be like graft onto their bodies. Mm. Just like any, like the Batman costume or the Superman costume. Yeah, you got to get molds of them and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Getting them in and out of costuming was difficult. The actors weren't used to this because in a movie, they were going actually kind of slow. This movie um, got delayed. Okay. They were sitting around a lot of the times. They're in Australia. Uh, apparently, the Bulk <laughs> and Skull actors were like, we did two scenes and we got to hang out there the rest of the time. So it was like a vacation for them. Yeah. They were like, yeah, like we rented a car. We went and we we bugged the other actors for sometimes. Like we'd yeah, go, cause, cause they we'd go to like the two bar. Or three scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're barely in this movie, but they had to fly down to Australia and be there the entire schedule. That's awesome for them, actually. <laughs> but absolute chills. This was so good. Yes. And the costumes look fantastic. That's what the director said. He was like, I mean... This Sorry. Is a, this is a movie like sacrifices were made. They were probably very uncomfortable, unfortunately, but it looks great. It, and it still looks great. And I, you look at that and you believe it. You're like, this is And I'm armor. pissed that they didn't continue to use these 
costumes that they already made. They would have broken down in no time. Like they don't have the maintenance staff <laughs> no. to bring that back. I up. um I think one of them is actually on display at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios in one of the shops. You can see I think the Excuse yellow. Excuse me. The yellow ranger one. Are yeah. you shitting me? No. <laughs> Take me there right now. Let's turn this off. <laughs> I need to go see that. What? I don't know if it's still there. I have like an old picture somewhere of well, me standing next well, to it. Well, here's the thing. You know that Disney briefly owned Power Rangers. They did. I think they also had a costume bat in the old Planet Hollywood, too. Huh. But that's also... They just have movie memorabilia. Yeah. There. They yeah. had a Batman in there for a while. Yeah. They don't really have anything in there now. Planet Hollywood kind of sucks right now. Oh, Planet Hollywood was the worst. Now one. it's like a... It's the worst. I don't know what it is it's now. A Dave, it's a fucking uh, Guy Fieri... But like themed kind of, but not really. Yeah. Like he has like a section on the menu. It's weird. They ruined it. It used to be. It used to be o- cool. It used to be okay. It used to be okay. Now it's. Eh. Anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ivan oozes his way through the cracks of the command center doors. <laughs> he takes revenge on Zordon for imprisoning him and making him miss the most notorious events: the Black Plague, the Spanish Inquisition, and the Brady Bunch reunion. What a reference. <laughs> incredible even I, incredible when was the brady bunch reunion because i feel like even in 95 that's a little dated <laughs> well, yeah i mean he missed it <laughs> that's a thing he might want to have wanted to have seen <laughs> well i think the the that it, implies that he watched the original brady well, bunch. no, that implies that he hated that the reunion is like notoriously bad i don't know i didn't look into this oh i know oh the, that makes sense he's naming a bunch of bad things yeah but he's evil, so he likes bad things. <laughs> this is Paul Freeman. I think he does a really good job. Um, who is a legitimate actor. He's the only like legit big time actor in this movie. He was uh, he he's a Shakespearean guy. Huh. He worked at the uh Royal Shakespeare Company and he is best known for playing archaeologist Rene Belloc, aka the villain in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Holy shit. Yeah. That's him. Holy shit, that's him. That's Ivan Ooze. He wow. thought this was just so fun, and they let him do whatever he, he wanted. He almost had like a southern accent in this movie. He does a strange, <laughs> like, I couldn't pinpoint it, kind of like old-timey southern showman It has like thing. a twang to it. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, part of that were the fake teeth that he was wearing. It gave him like a lisp, <laughs> and the director was like, that works keep it coming like Honestly, it, it does he's, well he's a joy to watch incredible performance <laughs> amazing he has no business being in this movie no and he was in the um reunion documentary uh-huh. and he was very happy to be in a, he he had nothing but good things to say he had a horrible time in the costume it took four hours to put on every day <laughs> uh and he did it for 12 hours a day for months right although they filmed his scenes as quickly as possible apparently he sprained his ankle because they had him on these big high heel boots oh shit he was taken to the hospital in full costume <laughs> <laughs> oh that was probably ridiculous <laughs> this was hilarious uh, <laughs> like imagine you see this guy's purple guy and he's like I sprained my ankle Yeah, I'm liking that I'm hearing that most of the production of this movie seems to have been positive oh, like here, okay well here's the other thing this is a documentary where they're you know what I'm saying like they're gonna hide the right the negativity but I mean uh, <sighs> it they, seems like overall they're like it was great yeah and they were candid enough to talk about how like there were some production woes right for example the girl who plays Dulcia uh-huh. She was not the original one. They had casted someone else 
who the studio they they filmed some boring scenes that the director did not want to shoot. Um, <laughs> those dailies got sent to the studio. The studio stopped the movie because they're like, "This is bad." The director had to say, "I don't want to film these shots anyway. These scenes are bad." And the takeaway from that was fire the actress. <laughs> Damn. So he had nothing but good things to say about the actress. The actress they ended up using was the director's first choice. But the okay. studio wanted the other one. I, I don't write down their names. Well, did the director kind of finesse his way into getting his way? <laughs> I don't. Probably not. He, he <laughs> it was, just worked out. He was very uh, polite about okay. it. You know, he's, he's like, no, she did a great job. Unfortunately, that's what the studio decided to do. It ended up working out because that's who he wanted anyway. It seems like an but, extreme response from the studio. Like, I don't like these scenes. Have you Let's met, fire the actor. Have you heard of studios? I know. They're <laughs> ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> They don't know what they're doing. They're out of touch. They have no idea what they're doing. They somehow continue to print money, though. Yeah. And apparently this movie was a little bit longer. They had to cut it down a lot for budgetary reasons. Damn. I thought it was a pretty short movie. It's, it is pretty short, but there apparently there were some more scenes that were cut out. Okay. The Rangers search for the Hiding Ooze Battalion. Using unique built-in gadgets never seen before, the rangers engage in battle once again, but this time easily beat the monsters, hitting them hard enough to make them explode into liquid ooze. After defeating the monsters, the rangers inexplicably lose their powers. Returning to the command center, they learn that ooze has infiltrated and destroyed their base, and worse of all, destroyed Zordon's tube, releasing him from his time warp, critically depleted of power. Zordon explains that all their power has been destroyed. Zords, suits, coins, everything. Alpha 5 suggests that they seek a new power source on another planet in order to save Zordon and stop Ivanus. He uses the last of their energy to teleport them away. What do you think about the special helmet things? The little gadgets? I thought it was cool. Uh, when Aisha turned on the light on her helmet? Yeah. I was like, oh! I was like, were those always there? <laughs> I mean, they were always there, but they were never functional, I guess. And then, I keep wanting to say Jason, uh, Rocky, the mm -hmm. Red Ranger, his visor changes and it turns into like an infrared thing. Yeah. And he looks like um, RoboCop. I'm so happy that they showed that because it's like, it doesn't make sense that, like the show suggests, like it's literally just a, what, a helmet and spandex. Yeah. Like, like the, you should have little gadgets right. should it be able makes to them seem things. more like superheroes yeah yeah loved it i <laughs> i was hoping to see all the other rangers use their little different gadgets and right they don't no <laughs> doesn't billy use something <sighs> no we we see a different use of some of their weapons they and have, stuff they have too. different weapons yeah, yeah he has like a he's got like a rope thing like yeah. a zip line kind of deal and kimberly kind of has one too that she uses to like just kind of whoa, whack oh, yeah, people yeah, from yeah, far yeah. away and stuff. That was neat. And then she's like, have a nice trip. <laughs> See you next fall. I remember that line verbatim. I did too, actually. Yep. And I said it out loud. For some reason, that stuck with me too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice the command center looks completely different? I noticed movie? that when I was five years old because yeah. I have... I mean, I have a really good eye for detail. Like, I catch things Yeah. as an adult. And I did that as a kid. And as right. a kid, I mapped out all the precise differences between the movie yeah. and the TV show. And I understood that it was a budgetary thing. Right. I understood in a movie, it's going to look nicer. Well, it's even like lit completely different. It's oh, like yeah. bright in there, whereas in the show, it's dark. Well, in the show, it's a set. 
right. and they don't have like a background. True. So it's just like an empty void. <laughs> it is an empty void. It's a little strange when I've you heard, actually think about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see the temple from the outside. Yeah. It's like a futuristic temple that somehow no one's. Is that a real upon. building? It's probably a miniature. It looks like a miniature. Okay. Yeah. Also, where is that? Because like, for example, in this outside movie. Outside a major city. When they don't have their powers, they just like go there. <laughs> outside a major city, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's this also is, this temple's just been here forever. An ancient looking temple. And they, well, first of all, it's a futuristic temple that looks old. Right. On the outside. On the inside, it's obviously like brand new futuristic. Yeah. Star Trek. Right back cosplay said it's real. Wait, the building is real? It's a real miniature, right? Like it's not this is not a full size temple out in the middle of the desert, is it? It also could be Jap- Japanese. Like it's not. It might not be American. That's true too, actually. You can visit it. Okay, you clearly Redback right Cosplay Have has all the there? information. Can you please enlighten us? Link us if you can. <laughs> if it was a real building, it looks like it'd be like a museum or some shit. It's in California. What? Oh, my God. Guys, let's Google this real quick. Oh, my God. The Brandeis it's called the Brandeis Barden, Barden Campus, Campus Retreat, Retreat building, building of the American Jewish University. The, oh, here it is. Huh. It's real. And I'm guessing in the show they just use an exterior shot of it because they're like, this looks cool. Okay, here's the thing, though. I think certain exterior shots of it aren't real. Well, I because... think I think the one where it gets blown up is definitely not real. Oh, you think? <laughs> because, look, it's not in the like edge of a mountain cliff. Oh, uh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but that is the building. That is the building. That is 100% though. the building. So they could use it for certain shots entering and exiting the building and stuff like that but there the iconic establishing shot has this building etched into a mountain cliff yeah it's like in the middle of nowhere yeah, it looks where like. this is like on surrounded a, by it's surrounded by flatlands and campus and sidewalks and, and california trees and stuff california yeah yeah huh so i think it's a little bit of both but you know it is real oh my god it's a cool looking building I like it. I want to meet the architect. I'll that link that, that below for anyone to see. Thank you. Oh, thank you for that right back cosplay. This is why we do this on, yes. on stream. We have uh, people throwing little tidbits of knowledge that we <laughs> did not research. I heard a complaint while I was doing research for this by like an Uber nerd about how this breaks a certain canon that uh, Zordon is not literally inside that tube. Yeah, I don't think he's supposed to be. In that he's tube. in some sort of time warp. But this movie mentions the time warp. He mentions warp. the time warp. Yeah. So I don't see what the problem. But also this movie's not canon. Yeah, sure. But like, I don't see the problem. Like, But yeah, no. It knocked him out of his time warp and now he's here physically. Yeah, because this movie specifically does mention that because I remember thinking like, he's in a time warp? <laughs> Apparently that's like the canon yeah. explanation or whatever. Ivan Ooze visits the moon base of Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa to double cross them and locks them into a snow globe. Is this a Christmas movie? No. <laughs> but there's a snow globe. <laughs> that doesn't make it a Christmas. You can have a snow globe any time of the year. But what if you get locked into a snow globe? That's a Christmas movie right there. No, that's, that's a premise. terrifying. If I've ever heard. <laughs> Goldar and Pig agree to serve ooze. From his snot, Loogie emerges a battalion of bird monsters he sends after the Power Rangers. They fly away very slowly, somehow to a planet far away. And they get there right after the Rangers. <laughs> I think the bird monsters looked cool. I don't think they made much sense. Why is that? Because he already made... he already has ooze minions. Why? Why did he make bird minions? I. Th- but then we find they're like 
I think he like summons them or something because they have a name. They're like Tengu. Yes. I think what it is is that those are characters from the show and they wanted to establish them in the upcoming season. Okay. I'm guess that's a wild guess. I don't I don't know for sure. I don't think they're in the show though. Well no, we see they see them again. Oh, the, they the, do. Yeah, yeah, they come back. But Ooze does not. <laughs> no, no, no. Ooze is uh Ooze is non canon. Yeah. Yeah, very weird. Redback cosplay asks, why didn't he just make more mo- ooze minions? That's what that's I'm saying. That's a really good question. That's what honestly. I'm saying. Twofold. I think we see these creatures again in the future. I don't think it's because of the Super Sentai because they were filming a lot of original things now. Because they had to. Because they had to because they refused to do the Super Sentai model, right? Number two, it's a Wizard of Oz thing. Flying monkeys. They're flying monkeys. Yeah. yeah. They're not literally flying monkeys. They're flying it- like... T- Tengu, whatever that is. I, I know that word. They look like hawks, you know, but yeah. the way that they dance around and fly and like prance, they're trying to be the flying yeah. monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Well, this is what a Tengu looks like in Japanese folklore. Oh, cool. They they fly. Yeah. But okay, <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying about yeah. how their, their mannerisms are very Wizard oh, of Oz? Yeah. Yeah. Like the director directly uh, referenced Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. in his... Uh, Interview. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The rangers arrive to the deserted planet where they find alien skeletons in a rough environment. They're watched by a hooded figure. Meanwhile on Earth, Ivan Ooze takes over an abandoned factory to produce Ivan's ooze, his mind control substance he'll use to control the parents of Angel Grove to dig up his buried ectomorphicons. So is Ivan's ooze just like his mucus? <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's like his snake oil. <laughs> Because later on, he's basically a snake oil salesman. Yeah. But, like, is it literally his mucus? He's He seems to be made up of ooze. <laughs> like, that's, like, his matter. Yeah. For some reason, as a kid, when I saw the jar of that, I wanted one. I wouldn't be surprised if they made those. I'm like, I want to play with ooze. Because <laughs> they made a uh, fucking, what's it called? Um, Slime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they've made this. It'd, I probably own some It'd be Ivan's a missed ooze. opportunity if they didn't. Yeah. They even have the packaging ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tommy reassures a distressed Kimberly just as they're attacked by the arriving bird monsters. What are they called? Tengu? Tengu. Tengu warriors, Tengu I think he calls warriors. them. Tengu yeah. warriors. They struggle without their morphing powers, but before losing, the hooded figure appears, throws her hood away, and reveals a stunningly beautiful and scantily clad warrior. Yeah! Hell yes. <laughs> With the powers <laughs> of her staff, she scares off the monsters. Skeptical of the rangers, she admits there is a great power on the planet, but many have died trying to earn it. Once the rangers mention Zordon and Ivanus, she introduces herself as Dosia, the planet's master warrior, and agrees to help them. Redback Cosplay says 100% for the dads, yes. Absolutely. Or 100% for the kids when they grow up 20 years later, like me. Hell yeah. (laughs) Also, she totally pulls an Obi-Wan here. Yep, Yep. that's an Obi-Wan Kenobi reference, 100%. (laughs) First of all, she's completely hooded. She has a staff that looks just like uh, Like the gaffy stick. stick, And she holds it over her head, and she goes... (laughs) And then they're like, oh, shit. And then when she starts uh, spinning the... I guess the batons. Yeah. It makes a noise and it makes them all run away. Yeah. That's essentially what Obi-Wan Kenobi did with the sand people. With a little bit more action and... And a lot more sexy body. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she is incredibly scantily clad. She's not wearing a lot of it's clothes. kind of nuts considering 
borderline inappropriate. Yeah. Not even, you know, no, it crosses that line. It's very inappropriate for a kid's show. It's I inappropriate think. for a kid's show. Or movie. I don't mind it. I don't think I noticed it as a kid. I think I thought she was hot as a kid. I think I thought she was hot, but I wasn't I like, just, wow, she's almost naked. Like, well, that didn't well, cross my mind. I want to point out, Kimberly's wearing, like, for most of the show, she, or most of the movie, she's wearing... Like, crop tops. A crop top and, like, these, like, really uh tight shorts. Well, and, she's dressed, like, as a 90s teenager, though. She's very hot. <laughs> very, very hot. Again, she's 25. Please don't look at me like this. She's not that far away from our age today. <laughs> right. Um, how old are you? I'm 29. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Fuck, anyway. I'm 29. I haven't wow. said that out loud since I aged. Are you having a whole crisis? Yeah. I can't help you there, buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm honestly kind of surprised that uh, they got away with this. Just want to point out, though, for the future, she is dressed very similarly to the 2017 Rita Repulsa. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, Rita's wearing like a very kind of torn up green costume with some skin showing which implied that she, in that she's universe she was the green ranger she was the previous green yeah. ranger well it's not even implied she literally she was. was yeah literally yeah. yeah which would explain how she would have the green power coin which is kind of cool world building if they had done if that if they had do- yeah. done that here yeah but whatever well, yeah <laughs> not important yeah, yeah. on earth a disguised Ivan Ooze gives away tons of Ivan's ooze at a carnival to children for free. Fred's father. Okay, so Fred is the kid. I didn't mention his name was Fred. I didn't oh, learn yeah, it Fred. until later yeah. anyway. Uh, his name is, is Fred. Also, he's going to be the gold ranger one day. Yeah. Also, <laughs> earlier, he's kind of uh, he's kind of shitty to his dad. His dad was competing in the competition. We didn't talk about this. Oh, he, he's like, you embarrassed me, dad, because you <laughs> landed in the parking lot and not on the target. Like all the rain Power Rangers. Look at these guys. They're the best. Yeah, they're way better than you are. Uh, he I was, was kind of a dick to his Yeah, dad. I was hoping, and we'll get to it at the end, his subplot would come full circle and it kind of doesn't, but whatever. <laughs> Fred's father finds his son's ooze and is instantly mind-controlled, along with all the other parents on the block. Back on the planet, Dulcia takes the rangers to the ancient ruins of the Ninjeti Temple. She shows them a monolith they must reach and calls upon the ancient animal spirits to help. Around a campfire, they're given their spirit animal ninja powers and costumes. Although it's unclear if this gives them any actual power. Uh, I think a little bit, right? Maybe a little bit, but they like, do morph later on. Yeah. We'll get to it. But that's after they go to like the Ninjetti temple or they go to like some temple or something or. Well, no, it's after this, they're able to morph. Oh, they morph into like ninja. All costumes. it does is it puts their mask and hood on. That's it. Yeah. It's like barely a morph. It that seems to said, give them some power. Their costumes look cool as fuck, though. Oh, no, they're very cool. I had this costume as a kid, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Aisha is the bear, Rocky an ape, Billy the wolf, Kimberly the crane, and Adam is disappointed to be a frog. But Dulcia cheers him up with a frog princess kiss on the forehead. She also doesn't tell him what the frog represents. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to answer that question in a second. <laughs> Tommy is deemed the falcon, leader of the group. She sends them away not able to join them on their journey, and transforms into a snowy owl and flies away. So to answer that, the scene originally was written to where she explains to him what are the properties of the frog. Right. Is that the scene that was boring got cut? It got cut because the actor who played Adam was like, hey, I think my character would be disappointed to be a frog. Frogs are lame. And he was he was told, we're doing the script. They After they filmed that, 
Uh, they were like, all right, let's do one where uh, where he's disappointed to be a frog. And he basically ad-libbed this. He, um, he did a good job with this. Yeah. yeah. And they ended up keeping, because then she went off and made he's up the thing about. about it. <laughs> yeah. And she made up the thing about being like, no, like, frogs are cool. Like, you're a prince and right. gives her a kiss. Gives but, him a kiss. But in that scene, we never got told the property. So right. The because they cut that version of it uh, okay. for this instead. But it, I'm kind of glad they put this one in. It was something about frogs being nimble and quick or uh, okay. something cool. I don't know. He just gets a kiss and he, he has the biggest smile on his face. Afterwards. Yeah. She's fucking hot. <laughs> and she's half naked. And she kissed him and he's like, <laughs> he's also in his 20s. So it's not weird. <laughs> no. <laughs> the ninjetti is not in the show. It's, is it? it's they get their ninja powers from a different source, I think. From Ninjor. Ninjor, who, who is, is an alien? He's kind of the sixth ranger. They don't have a sixth ranger in that season, I don't think. Well, they do. Oh, Tommy. This is Tommy, but originally they wouldn't have. Right. They had to film those two things together. Because, uh, uh, like we mentioned, they redo this in the TV show, and it's slightly different. Yeah. Ivan Ooze watches the parents of Angel Grove excavate, and the Tengu return to report their failures. They tell Ivan of Dulcia's help to the Rangers, and Ivan kills them all for their disappointment. He straight up kills them. <laughs> like, they explode. Yeah. Like, instantly, and feathers fly everywhere. There's a surprising amount of, like, uh, death in this. Oh, there's a ton. <laughs> murders left and right. Fred investigates the dig site in search of his father, but his dad won't recognize him or pay any attention away from his work. He witnesses Ivanus conveniently announce his master plan to use the giant robots to spread ooze around the world in order to rule. Classic bad guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time, by the way, that I know of. I may be wrong. I haven't seen every episode of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I have, but adult, I don't remember. Yeah, as episode. an adult. Yeah. I think it's the first time they actually show like a, like a regular kid. I don't think there's that many actual children. In. Are there? I... For some reason, though, I feel like that's like a Power Ranger thing, though, where like a kid's inspired by one of them or something. Maybe, but, but this could be the first time. I don't think this it's is that still, common. I think this is still early. In I think series. it's mostly high school hijinks. True. You know? I know after this, they show kids every once in a while. But uh, I yeah, I think this is kind of an outlier. Because then we have talked about this, where kids programming is usually wish fulfillment. It's usually characters of an age older than the demographic. Right. Yeah. So, like, if this is tailored for elementary to middle school kids, the characters are high schoolers because all of those kids look up to high school age kids. That's what they want to be. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how fucking dark it is that he? Uh... That's coming up. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Yep. But <laughs> I know um... what you're about to say. And yeah, incredibly. But another thing is uh, on that planet where they get the ninja powers. It's mentioned by Alpha that like nobody that's gone there has like survived. So did she just kill everybody that went there to like get power? Because we see like skeletons of like we see a skeleton of like some big alien. No, I think they yeah, which is super cool by the way. That's cool. World That's some world too. building cool <laughs> bullshit there because he has like a sensor and he, like he looks a like thing. he has like a Saiyan scout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he reminded me of uh, there's a creature in in Dragon Ball. In he looks Dragon like Captain Ginyu. Okay, Captain Ginyu. Because he got like the horns okay, and stuff. Here's the thing, Captain Ginyu is based on Super Sentai. They're a parody. Oh, no, their entire... Yeah, the, the whole Ginyu yeah. Force is, yeah. But you're saying this might be also a callback to that. The skeleton looks like a... No, but there is a character in Dragon Ball who's like a dinosaur, but he has like futuristic tech on his face. 
Mm, it's like from one of the first name. few episodes of Dragon Ball. That might be the reference. Or it might just be a coincidence. Right. But I wanted to see that movie. I'm like, show me that. That looks well, good. how'd he die? Yeah. He died because like, he didn't... What, he wasn't worthy? Well, they, we see some... There's some creatures later that seem to be protecting the temple. Oh, true. I guess they kill everyone. <laughs> the rangers begin their journey and pass a dinosaur graveyard. One comes to life and attacks Billy. <laughs> The team evades the giant Stegosaurus until Tommy rides it and removes a neck bone to stop the creature. <laughs> Back at the ooze factory, the zombified parents are done excavating and assembling the ectomorphicons. So Ivan orders them to return to the construction site and leap to their doom. <sighs> he fills the monsters with ooze so that they may come to life. So he wants them to go to a construction site and just like jump to their death. Suicide. Yep. Mass suicide. All of them. That's so messed up. That's yeah. That's no, inc- so messed up. Incredibly dark. Yep. Ugh. Have you noticed that? And I think it might be one of my minor issues with this film. The Power Rangers are mostly useless without Tommy. Tommy just is constantly saving the day. Yeah. There's parts where they're fighting like different creatures on their own. They're doing fine. But then like Tommy does most of the legwork. Well, Tommy's the best ranger. Sure. But to a degree where all the other rangers, it makes seem the other rangers inept. look dumb. Yeah. yeah, like what are they not doing anything? Are they not or pulling the monsters their weight? Just that strong. Like I understand that Tommy's a fan favorite, but like, come on, he's a fan favorite. Yeah, and I think even when he was introduced in the show, though, he was like, he's like the best martial artist. He was instantly like, the fan favorite, which is why they made him the leader. And then Jason's the, like, fuck off. J- yeah, Jason got put on the sidelines. There was some uh, elements of like how that was like strenuous on their relationship on the characters in the show too a little bit oh really yeah there was a little bit of like jason not feeling like worthy and stuff i don't remember that we get a lot of rocky not feeling worthy in the show <laughs> do really yeah i don't remember any of this and um i think that's mostly in zeo oh and same with adam they all get color swapped for Zio. a few times uh, yeah adam becomes adam green becomes green and i think rocky becomes blue rocky gets demoted to blue <laughs> That I mean, and there's no. To- Tommy becomes the Zeo Ranger Red. He becomes Red, but there's no ranking. There's no like hierarchy. Red's generally the leader, except when Tommy's around. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. Red usually is the leader. Red's usually the leader, unless Tommy is a sixth Ranger, then he's the leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tommy basically outranks everybody. He's kind of the best Power Ranger. When you think he about kind it. Of is yeah. He's kind of the main character of the entire series, actually, because <laughs> he comes back um, so often too. I just want to point out this Stegosaurus thing looks really cool. It does. It looks really good. It was a stop. It, it wasn't a stop motion. It was a puppet. Okay, that's why it looks good. That's why it looks good. It was because I was like, this effect looks pretty good. Yeah, it was yeah. like a styrofoam puppet that they controlled. Huh. Also, missed a trick here. Could have been a, a Triceratop uh, fighting Billy. That was his dinosaur. Triceratops. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's like a Stegosaurus. And I'm like, you're so close. You could have just made a Triceratop. It would have been cool. Would have been way cooler. Um, and also, I think uh, Adam references Jurassic Park when they're walking through the group. Yeah, he does. He literally That's, says, welcome to yeah. Jurassic Park. That was fun. <laughs> Again, big movie references. <laughs> I also like that this feels different because they're not fighting other humanoid creatures with karate. They're staying alive against like a, mon- a, like a big monster. Yeah. It's outside of the normal no, Kimberly scope. looks 
terrified when yeah and they're like running away from it yeah it's a completely different action style that they're used yeah. to and yeah they're out of their element here i loved it yeah. that that's how you make this interesting because the show is a formula it's the same shit every week mm. don't do that for a major movie right you know? that's a complaint you had about the incredible hulk movies where it's like it still retains you're the just, show's formula yeah you're just doing the show again so yeah. like what's the point uh, absolutely the rangers reach the monolith temple where they're met with stone artwork that comes to life to fight them they semi-morph which just puts on their hoods and masks on to fight the creatures. In pairs, the rangers defeat the creatures with teamwork and cheeky one-liners. The temple doors open and reveals a pyramid with all their sacred animals on them. Their spirits fly out of the pyramid and onto their bodies. They morph back into their original Power Ranger suits, this time with their new animals on their power coins. They use their morphers to teleport back to Earth. This sequence is pretty cool. More of the pretty good action stuff. Yeah. Honestly. Like, having watched this like now, yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised by how good a lot of this does look. Uh-huh. It's filmed very well, too, I think. Right. I mean, there's the occasional... We're going to get to some really bad-looking stuff later, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's the occasional, like, unnecessary backflip and, like, right. bicycle kick on a, on a wire... You know, th- he does also stuff that looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Earlier in the movie, he does. Tommy does like a corkscrew jump up three stories, and it's like, yeah, you're you're a superhero. You you can do that, right? But it is a little ridiculous. But I see that I'm like, I don't think, oh wow, that's bad. I think, oh wow, that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, but I love it. Uh, Rocky's <laughs> character does a John Claude Van Damme split onto like the two the rocks. Yeah. He later met at the premiere. He met John Claude Van Damme because uh, apparently at the premiere it was a bunch of famous people and their kids because the kids wanted the to kids see the wanted movie. To see it. Oh, so man. Uh, the actors talked about how they met all of these famous actors and their kids. That's Tom crazy. Hank, Tom Hanks and his kid was there. Uh, John Claude Van Damme and his kid was there. <laughs> Jason David Frank talks about how he was asked to sign an autograph for some important looking guy's kid who was very scary and mafia looking. And he couldn't really like pinpoint who he was until afterwards. It was Michael Madsen's. Okay. Uh, And Michael Madsen's a very scary looking person. He He mostly plays like thugs and like mafia dudes. Um, He was in reservoir dogs and Jason David Frank is like afterwards. He's like, Oh, that's the guy from reservoir dogs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My second guess would have been Steve Buscemi. <laughs> He's a little scary looking. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Rocky, uh, the, the I forgot his name. He ended up... Steve Cardenas. Thank you. He ended up telling Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's like, oh, I, I did that stunt because of you. Like That's did, what that's based on. And Jean-Claude Van Damme was probably like, cool. Cool. Yeah. Sign my kid's autograph, please. <laughs> so he'll shut up. <laughs> I love that. In Angel Grove, the ectomorphicons rage terror in the streets. One is a giant scorpion, and the other is a giant wasp. They summon their new ninja zords and jump on board. As the parents slowly walk to their certain death, all the children of Angel Grove party with their ooze, now free of their parents. Again, wish fulfillment. Yes. <laughs> and lesson to be learned. It's it's a two. And Bulk and Skull are there partying, too. <laughs> yeah, they're adults, basically. Like, what are they doing? Fred pleads to the children to help him save their parents. The Rangers attack the Ectomorphicons with their individual swords. Adam, Billy, and Tommy successfully destroy the Scorpion, but Rocky can't hold off the Wasp on his own. The team reunite, and Ivan becomes so upset he injects himself into the Wasp Ectomorphicon. 
It transforms into a giant Ivanus. The team all join their Zords into the Megazord. Alright, so the Ectomorphicons and the Zords and the giant Ivanus all look pretty terrible. It's all CGI. Right. I see what they're going for. It was 1995. CGI was new. Right. The uh, the director openly admits this. Okay. He's like, it's it was very new, and that's the budget that we had. Right. He has pride in all the other visual effects that they did. Oh, all the in, other they're gen- in fairness, genuinely good. The rest are really good. The scene where all of the uh, Tengu, yeah, uh, where they're all flying down. They tied all those actors up to a crane because there was a crane on site. Oh, shit. Because that's a construction site. <laughs> so they already had their crane. So they built a big... That tr- wasn't a defunct crane or anything? It was no, in it working w- order? Yeah, yeah, So they used it. And they, they built like this big truss to hold all the actors they and they attached it to the crane. resourceful with this. Yes. And they got like a, a, like a certified crane operator to do that. Still a very dangerous stunt, but they, they filmed that for real and then... They uh, got rid of the actual truss in the lines. Okay. Right through CGI. C- probably sort not of. CGI. Probably uh, what's it called? Uh, the rotoscoping other... and okay. different different filmmaking tools or whatever. Okay. Uh, visual effects. But seeing the CGI here, I kind of wish they had done something practical and they had put a guy in a suit. It would have aged a good a, suit. It would have aged a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Not like the suits that they use in the TV show, which a lot of times are crap. Right. A good suit. Put him in a good suit. Well, and the other thing is, they made everything look like chrome yeah and it's weird it's really shiny isn't it it's too shiny yeah it shines real hard that being said though i'm still like totally invested in what's going on on screen okay. the cgi looks bad and it's dated and it's like beast wars level yes bad, it, actually right? that's what it looks like it looks, it like, looks beast like beast wars. wars yeah that being said it's all filmed very well and yeah. there are still some scenes that made me go oh <laughs> the camera work's still good yeah yeah because here's something that they do that they don't do in the show. They operate their Zords individually. Yeah, and we which, actually see it happening. Yeah. Like we see the we see interior shots of the Zords, which is really cool. Tommy and Kimberly are flying like they're first of all, they all seem to fly for some reason. Which is weird. Yeah, maybe that's their new powers. But then they're grounded after anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um Tommy and Kimberly are like, you know, they're in the jets, basically. Yeah. Right? She's in a crane, he's in a falcon. Uh and then the other three other four are on the ground and they're fighting the, these things or whatever. Um, they all have different powers that they're using. Adam's frog has like a tongue, you yeah. know. Uh, I think the ape is crawling on buildings, <laughs> or the the bear is doing something like they're like it's cool. It's cool that they're all doing their own thing, and it feels like you're in a like a lighthearted war movie for a second. Yeah, and I like that. I just wish it looked a little bit better. Sure, but. but- the way they're treating the subject matter, I think, really worked. Yes. No, the fact that they all have, like, unique, like, properties of their animals yeah. is really cool. There's a scene where Tommy is flying in. He goes and he's like, all right, I'm going to do, like, an attack run. It's kind of Star Wars-y. And he comes in and he shoots a bunch of fucking missiles. And there's, yeah. like, real explosions going on. And I'm like, I'm sorry. This is badass. <laughs> and then he comes back, does another pass. Yeah, he's doing, like, strafing runs on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he comes back. The wings fold in, and the edge of the wings are missiles. That's it. Yeah, that was and really like, cool, actually. And it all rains. Like fucking. even with shitty CGI, that was cool. It rains hellfire on these <laughs> monsters. That's cool. Yeah. Like it's undoubtedly good. I'm sorry, that's filmed very well too. Mm-hmm. 
I quite like no, this that. director does a really good job. It's a shame he didn't do more. Uh, so the visual effects guy ended up winning an Academy Award, by the way. Really? I know. Yeah. Well, Ro- most of the visual effects in this movie are actually pretty good. So uh, if he went on to go do a bunch of stuff, but he won the Academy Award for Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. So <laughs> it might be this guy named Tad Pride who might have been at least involved with Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Again, the CGI is bad. It's shot really well, though. Yeah. Fred and the kids board the monorail to help their parents, but giant Ivan Ooze destroys the rail. So Tommy sets his falcon to connect the rail and saves the kids. This is very superhero. Superman. Yeah. Superman, Superman literally, literally does, does it with his body. Yep. yep. It's the old uh, Fleischer Superman <laughs> yeah, cartoon. He yep. does this with his body. That's definitely what that reference is. <laughs> uh, the Megasword fights Ivan, but can't seem to do shit without Tommy. Again, Tommy is the only competent. <laughs> well, Power Ranger here. They're also missing a piece of the Megazord, though. Okay, so but it wasn't it, a complete but Megazord. But it's the auxiliary piece, which is the wings. Like, it works without it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but that power is not there, you right. know? They only win when they're together. They only win when Tommy's involved. <laughs> <laughs> the Falcon Sword joins the Megazord, giving it wings, and the team fly it into space to lure Ivan away from Angel Grove. Billy suggests using the incoming Ryan's Comet to destroy Ivan, and the children stop their parents from killing themselves. Thank God. <laughs> right? Fred finds a firefighter's hose and sprays all the adults. <laughs> In space, the Megazord fights Ivan, and Rita and Zed cheer on the Rangers. This was hilarious. They're like, go Rangers, go! <laughs> uh, it's very circumstantial. And they're they're yeah. tiny little voices. <laughs> yeah, because they're in the snow globe still. <laughs> Aisha hits a button to nut kick Ivan right into the comic, and he is destroyed in a fiery explosion. <laughs> His death releases the parents from their trance. I love that she's like, I know what to do, and there's like a big old like emergency button she's got to break glass for. She hits it, and the Megazord just like knees Ivan ooze in the balls. All for, <laughs> it's all for a gag. It's all for a gag. <laughs> <laughs> like press in case of emergency kicking the balls <laughs> it doesn't make sense <laughs> uh, I loved it though here's a little bit of that subplot I wish I had explored more Fred doesn't appreciate his dad right that's what they set up in the beginning of the movie right his dad is a firefighter I don't know his if you dad's know, a hero his dad's a real hero they don't touch upon that at all I think they were going to and they cut it out well yeah you, Otherwise, mentioned, you mentioned quite a bit was cut from this right yeah yeah. Otherwise, why would he be a firefighter in story? Like he's wearing a firefighter T-shirt. Yeah, it's not um, mentioned though. It's not mentioned, but you see him in one scene. And he's got the emblem on his T-shirt. Yeah, uh, and you can. He's wearing like tactical pants and boots and shit. Yeah. When he comes home, like it's like he came home like directly he, from work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then later, Fred commandeers this firefighter truck and uses the hose. Right. right? It's almost like he's uh, becoming a hero like his dad. Right. It's like an entire subplot was cut out that yep. we saw. Two scenes of. Yeah, and we're <laughs> filling in the gaps, yeah. right? Uh, he learns to appreciate his dad, who's a real hero, not a fictional power He's also ranger. rushing to save his dad's life. Right. At the end of the movie, and we'll get to it, but he meets with the Power Rangers, and he just kind of like sucks their collective dick for a minute. He's like, oh, the Power Rangers are so great, and you guys are great, and he's and the, and the <laughs> Power Rangers are like, you're great. Yeah, Tommy's like, where's the dad? You can do whatever you want if you just put your mind to it. <laughs> yeah, where's the part where he's like, I actually learned that my dad's a hero. You know, he's actually cooler than you guys. Like, yeah, he can't fucking skydive, but he's a real well, life hero and he saves They didn't people. have time for that. It kind of sucks because those you see how that subplot was and there. And it would have been a really good like lesson. 
Yeah, that's what this is all about, right? Teaching lessons to kids. Oh, that's what the show's about. The movie's about making money. (laughs) (laughs) Well. And making the Power Rangers look cool, which they did. They made them look pretty damn cool in this movie. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) The Rangers return to the command center where Alpha 5 says they're too late and Zordon is dead. Tommy reminds the team that all things are possible with their new power, and suddenly they all know what to do. They form a circle, and their animal powers bring Zordon back to life. And also repair the entire command center. Zordon welcomes the Rangers. So this is nonsense, right? This this, this is this is, here, a, this is a trope. So I don't like mind it in this movie because it's a kids' movie. It's whatever. At the same time, like, what's the point of these stakes if they can just undo them at the end? Right. They shouldn't have had Zordon die. Then they should have just had them be like he should have been weak or something. Yeah. And yeah. By killing off Ooze, now he has his power restored. <laughs> That kind of thing. Something like that, yeah. But not just like, oh, no, he's dead. Uh, hey, but wait a second. I'm pretty sure we can fix this. If wait we- a second. We're the Power Rangers. We yeah. can do anything. We can do. We have plot armor and plot abilities, so let's bring it back to life. All things are possible when you have a giant fucking transformer that solves all your problems. That is true. And it flies around and shoots missiles. <laughs> yeah, unlike the TV show. <laughs> Should have put Zord on the Phantom Zone and then fish him out. <laughs> Zordon kind of lives in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Angel Grove celebrates their close call with destruction, thanking the Power Rangers, despite Bulk and Skull trying to take all the credit. Yeah. What did they say? They were face-to-face with death, or they smelled the breath of death or something like that, and <laughs> some, death could use a mint. Yeah, something ridiculous. <laughs> the Power Rangers praise Fred for his bravery, and they all watch on the fireworks. And Fred says he's going to be the Gold Ranger one day. Okay, again, he could have been like, you know what, guys? I'm going to be a firefighter. I'm going to be a firefighter like my dad. That's what they should have done. That whole subplot's ignored. But that's the movie. Um, By the way, apparently this character Fred returns in like a Power Rangers fan movie called Power Rangers Rebirth. And he's played by Justin Long. The fuck? Yeah. Is that the one from like 2016 or something or 2014? <sighs> 20 it's like super dark. It's not that one. I know which one you're talking about. Oh, okay, it's yeah. not that one. Maybe he was supposed to be him in something and then it fell through because oh. it was probably something crowdfunded that just didn't make it. Yeah. That sounds about right. That sounds par for the course, honestly. <laughs> or this is an entirely <laughs> made up page that I discovered by searching Fred Kelman. <laughs> it said Gold Sagittarius Ranger. Um, <laughs> analysis. What a film, Birdo. What do you think? I overall like it. The plot's a bit weak, I'll admit. Like, the story's not fantastic, but the pacing, I feel like, minus the beginning where they get straight into, like, hey, guys, this is a Power Ranger movie, remember? Yeah. Besides that, the rest of the movie, I think, is paced fairly well. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. I think this is the best case scenario. Absolutely. I don't think you could have made it. I think this movie should have been horrible. Yeah. I think they got the right people for cheap because this guy hadn't made movies before. This guy hadn't made movies. But he knows what he likes in movies. The, this franchise was still pretty fucking new at this point. Yeah. They had only done two seasons of the show. They took this to a new level, and I think they did it very well. Yes. It could have been a lot worse. It should have been a lot worse. But in, it wasn't. In theory, it could be better than we've oh, pointed absolutely. out. We've pointed out several things we would have liked to see different. At the same time, it's a whole lot of fun. Right. It's a like, lot I wouldn't of fun. call this like a great movie. I would call this a very fun movie though. Like I'm not going to knock points off of it for like 
first off, it's a kids' movie, so knocking points off it for the writing would be a little nitpicky, I think. So let's let, yeah, let's <laughs> put this up into some categories. Story wise, eh, eh, yeah, eh. um, it could use a lot more character development. We spend very little time, little meaningful time with the Power Rangers, the characters themselves, right? When they're not just like running away from some obstacle, fighting some creature, yeah, right. Definitely a children's action movie, and yeah. they definitely put the action first. For sure. Yeah. There are some scenes with uh, Tommy and Kimberly. It seems like the one bit of subplot or story that they put into the, them is that Kimberly is sad about Zordon, and Tommy is like, hey, it's going to be fine. And that's kind of it. They have two scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice if there was a little bit more um, character interaction between them. Um, maybe if they didn't get along for a minute. Like if for once in their lives there was some discourse among them to Whoa. reach their goal i think that would have been very interesting i think that's something that another movie did very well like but like the avengers or something oh no the, 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 2017 yep. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah exactly i think i would have liked that subplot to be fulfilled like yeah. we like the pieces of it are there and we can tell what they were trying to do they just didn't do it they didn't exactly explain that the dad's a firefighter and the, the kid is Learned a lesson to appreciate his real life no, hero. No, he just fucking loves the Power Rangers. Yeah, he's like, no, fuck my dad. At the end, he didn't learn a lesson. My dad's lame. He can't land in a target when yeah. he parachutes out of a plane. I'm not even going to say it was cool a parachute out of the plane because yeah. he fucking missed the target. What a he, loser. All he does is save people from burning buildings. What a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Cinematography. Uh, this movie looks good. For all things considered, it's shot really well. And here's something I heard the director talk about. He wanted really good shots of all five characters, six characters, where they all look good, like hero shots. Okay. And there are quite a few of those in here. Yes. And they look good. They look, not only do they look good, they look organic. And that's what he said was important because they couldn't just constantly be in a straight line like right. they are and, in the TV and like show. like pose. Yes. Yeah. They have to organically be... In these situations where, like, they're all, like, on a rock formation looking off camera and they all look good. He said that was very difficult, but it was a priority. And I think they did that very well. No, they achieved that for sure. Um, apparently, they shot all the scenes a bunch of times to always focus on all six of them looking good simultaneously. Because you as a oh, viewer shit. probably have a favorite character. Yeah, and that's the one you're going to be watching the most. Yeah. 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 And I think they really do a good job at that. Wow, that's that was actually some good thinking on this part. Um, then. Look, I think this is a very well put together film. <laughs> Lighting, he actually worked with a um a DP, a director of uh, photography, who was used to. He said at this time, like lights were like everywhere, and they were like over lighting things, and he tried to cut okay. back and be very purposeful with their lighting choices. And in a lot of scenes, you can really see it. Where the lighting's in interesting places, they're lit more like a movie, um, and he didn't want it to be Batman '89, which was inspiring everything at this time, right? Where it's very dark, but he didn't want it to be like, in, in his words, Mighty Mouse meets Superman either. Somewhere in between, I think he achieved that pretty well too. Actually, I, yeah, I think that's exactly what uh, they did. Another thing I noticed was I didn't notice any like continuity errors you know like things like out of place or someone wearing the wrong thing like you know you catch that in movies were a you lot. expecting that kind of yeah it's a, it's a power ranger movie so yeah i was yeah. expecting that i mean thing but is, like no it was pretty 
solid in that too. And like, it wasn't that low. It budget. was like they were paying attention to what the yeah. fuck they were doing. And they had a much higher budget than they usually would. You yes. Know? Oh well, that shows with the costumes yeah. alone. There's a lot of, and I said this earlier. There's a lot of like cinema DNA injected in this because this director seems, despite having no experience, he seems to know what he likes in movies. Was he like a film student? Prop. Uh, yeah, they all are. Okay. <laughs> but like, we see bits of Wizard of Oz here, and it's not just like the Tengu who are kind of like flying monkeys. It's that he wanted them to go on an adventure where they're challenged by different kinds of creatures along the way, different obstacles along the way to get to their location. Yeah. That's the Wizard of Oz bit. There's Star Wars in this. There's Raiders of the Lost Ark in this when they get to the temple and there's warriors and there's all these secrets to uncover, right? He even says that there's Terminator 2 in this. The CGI? The metallic CGI. <laughs> Maybe. He also credited uh, Terminator 2 in inspiring how Ooze gets into the building. That was... Okay, yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Where he goes through the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the acting? Because... Yeah. I think all the kids do fine. They do fine. They're not standing out as being bad. Not like in a lot of movies that have kids, yeah. Right. Jason like Narvi. Yes. <laughs> Jason Narvi and Paul Schreer, who are Bulk and Skull... Incredible. They're, they're they're only in like two, maybe three two scenes. scenes but they're very good. Yes. Especially when they yell at the construction workers and they're like, like, oh, that, that building's supposed to be over there. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Freeman as Ivanus, and I, we mentioned him earlier. Incredible. He, he might be the standout performance in so, this movie. The guy who played Adam, his name is Johnny Young Bosch. Yes. Uh, in that interview I watched, and again, I'm linking this below. It's 45 minutes. I, Please I love watch. Johnny Please Young Bosch. It. He's fucking great. He talked about how, again, they're, these are kids mm. who are not experienced actors, and they're in the presence of like a real actor, <laughs> a guy who's done so much theater, film, Shakespeare. He was, he was in a Spielberg movie. Yeah. yeah. This guy knows what he's doing, and he's out here putting on a performance to the point where they f- would forget that they had lines. <laughs> <laughs> because they're just sitting here watching him, and they're like, oh, no, like we're involved. Like, like, we're oh, a part shit, of he's so good. <laughs> I have a news as by far the standout here as ridiculous as he looks too, like he does actually feel threatening in a weird way yeah so apparently the character of avenues um evolved a little bit during the production he into was... apocalypse what <laughs> apocalypse from x-men apocalypse looks a lot like Ivan. Oh, kind of a little bit yeah yeah you're poor right. oscar isaac yeah oh i remember those memes now actually <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um originally he was going to be a shapeshifter a sorcerer Okay. Um, and a few times in this movie, they call him a shapeshifter. Cause yeah. It was, it was in the script, even like, though he does very little shapeshifting. Yeah. Paul Freeman said that he was going to transform into a woman at some point and a black man. Whoa. Which would only be cool if those were played by different people, I think. <laughs> It'd be weird if it was played by him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be very weird. Uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about is Gabrielle Fitzpatrick, who plays Dulcia. Oh, you love her. She First of all, <laughs> very hot. Uh, she was uh, the replacement. Okay. It was uh, originally somebody else. This movie was actually got way behind schedule. And interestingly enough, they started cutting into their TV filming schedule. Oh, shit. Oh. So there was a no no at Savan. Sure. <laughs> So what they were supposed to do is film like half of season three, go to Australia, film the movie, come back to the U.S. and finish filming. And the movie went late. So they had to film TV episodes in Australia. 
Uh, is that for why this. some are some episodes in season three like it looks a little strange where they're at? Maybe. Okay. But yeah, they they filmed I it think, in Australia. Actually, I think season three had some like some episodes where they're like on location somewhere. That could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're not in sets anymore because they're literally filming on their off time in Australia. I think that might have actually made that season better. Apparently, there were some rat creatures that were supposed to be in this movie, mm. but the director hated them <laughs> because they looked really bad and they couldn't see. Like the actors, they didn't have eye holes or anything. Oh, shit. So they were just supposed to go out there and know their choreography and it looked really bad. They couldn't well, act. Yeah, if you can't it wasn't convincing. Yeah. yeah. And he wanted really good martial arts in this, right? So basically, he, he filmed uh, like a, a fight scene with the rats and he sent it to like Fox. And he's like, this looks bad. Please realize how this looks bad. Can we cut this? They cut it. They ended up using those in the show because they were filming some of that shit in Australia with like props that they didn't use in the movie. (laughs) Also, some of those episodes in Australia were directed by Bulk and Skull out of pure necessity. Whoa. And Jason Narvi recalls this because he's like, I thought I was there having a good time dicking around. Because... <laughs> and then they had to direct. And then they're like, next thing I know, we're filming the show again, and I'm assistant director. And I'm like. <laughs> Did you get a credit for it? Yes. He That's has a pretty credit fucking on IMDb. Cool, <laughs> and he's like, and now I'm like saying my lines as Skull and then being like, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Places. Let's go do it again. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Out of pure necessity. Oh, my God. I hope he got paid well for that. Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. It's it's Saban Entertainment. They don't fucking pay. They don't spend money. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for, other than that, I think all the, all the actors did good enough. You know, there's no um, glaring bad actors. No, I mean, it's the actors from even, the show. Even the kid is fine, I think. Yeah, he, he, he seems like a regular kid. Usually the kids stand out to me, but I thought he was fine. Yeah. Action. Action, I think, was pretty good all around. Overall, pretty good. Uh, choreography was genuinely good. That first fight scene in the construction site where they're not morphed. And they're showing their faces. Yeah. That, they did some that real was work there. Good stuff. Yeah. Some practical effects with uh, Nitengu, the uh, dinosaurs. All that looked really good. I like how they, and I mentioned this during the plot, I like how they mixed up the action. They're not just fighting other humanoid creatures. They're in a different kind of action movie. At this point, they're doing a Jurassic Park. They're running away from dinosaurs. That all works really well, I think. Yeah. It can't just be, we're going to fight creatures all day, right? No, that that would get boring. <laughs> I mean, in a TV show, I guess it's fine, because you can just turn it off. Right, because it's, it's in short increments. <laughs> it's, it's an episode. Yeah. yeah. Music is still great. This is a great soundtrack. It's This is like... 90s hits oh my god <laughs> when, and when it hits with the guitar riffs i'm like i get pumped oh when the power rangers theme yes. plays yeah that's genuinely great and then you have like the songs that are playing while they're just like rollerblading uh was it free ride yep <laughs> why do i feel like i heard that movie in like so many 90s movies or that mu- that song why do oh. i feel like it was in a goofy movie it probably wasn't here you go dan hartman free, free ride, ride. 1972. Damn. Obviously, when I was a kid, I thought this this song was made for this movie. But uh, it is featured in Air America, Drew Carey Show, Days and Confused, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, obviously. Okay. Uh, it's in Rock Band Rock 3. Rock Band 3, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, it's in the Black Phone. Oh. <laughs> there you go. 
so this much, is a good soundtrack. So much good music in this. Costumes. Good. This is the best I'm, that the classic Power Ranger costumes have ever looked, ever, and I think ever will look. It's the most... You like the 2017 ones, right? Those aren't classic costumes. Oh, yeah, you said classic. Yeah. I Yeah, I think this is the best case scenario. You know, you've got the budget. Let's make them like, look like... They, because like this the, is probably the best any if, Super Sentai costume has looked ever. Yeah, like <laughs> if you want to pretend to... Let's say you had a dream where you're a Power Ranger and like you have the ability to transform... You want like an Iron Man suit, right? Like, isn't that the whole bit? Like, yeah. they don't have superpowers. They have the ability to morph into these powerful rangers with abilities because of their costumes and their powers and their right. tools. I mean, in the 2017, their DNA is, yeah, they're actually physically stronger. In this, they're right. not. In this, they're they not morph. until they morph. And then, yeah. No, because in the 2017 one, it's like they literally turn into superheroes. Right. Yeah. These costumes are so good. It's so fucking good. So you remember when I mentioned that um, the director wanted to show their face more? Yeah. They actually experimented with them fighting without the mask. It's like different permutations of that. Wasn't there a thing with like no visor No on visor. It? Yeah. Ah. So they could see their eyes. I think that would have looked weird. Well, here's the thing. They did it anyway with the ninja suits where they, they just showed their eyes. Yeah. In some of those shots, if you notice, those are the real actors. You can recognize them by their eyes. Yep. It still works. Yeah. I think. Like they still well, obviously and, had the stunt, and the ninja outfits were fucking great. Yeah, in the good. show, their yeah. ninja outfits are so weird. <laughs> it's like the, they only have like little eye holes like that, and they kind of look like clan members. Ew, <laughs> kind of. I kind of want to watch that. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that uh, once. Those episodes, and I was so confused. I was like, I've seen this before. They did this in the movie. Why are they doing it again? Why are they the doing TV it but show? worse? Yeah. <laughs> but worse. The plot might have been better in the show, but. But that train of it's, thought ended up in their action scenes without the suits. Which was great. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, this director kind of knows his shit. I mean, the costumes are great. Yeah, Ivan Ooze looks good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Honestly, uh, he does look very good. Um, and Zed with the Here, pulsating here's brain. The, thing. the only thing I'll say is I wish instead of doing a CGI giant Ivan Ooze, they had just given him a slightly different costume. Yeah. And then, and then bl- blow him up. But obviously that would look bad against a CGI Megazord. It would make the CGI look even worse. They should have they <laughs> done two guys in costumes is all I'm saying. Yeah. But whatever. Hey, everyone. On Keeper Cancel, we are talking about Jason David Frank, who unfortunately recently committed suicide. If that's a topic you'd rather just skip, uh, down below there's a timestamp uh, where you can just... Fast forward to the next segment. Keep or cancel. This is the part of the show where we talk about a star in the movie and decide if we're going to keep him or cancel him. Let's do Jason David Frank recently passed. Uh, you probably know where this is going. But yeah. <laughs> born 1973. Pretty average age for a... Uh, Power Ranger. He was at the time, yeah, about twenty-two when he started He's about doing the same things. age as the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, was cast in the role of Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger. The role was set for fourteen episodes, but due to the popularity of the character, he was brought back as the White Ranger and new leader of the team. Obviously, again, they wanted to keep the continuity going, right? Uh, and we mentioned earlier in the show, and honestly, it, good on them for that. Yeah, and we didn't mention this, but like. They did this for like six seasons. 
yeah. where they kept some some level of continuity all the going. way up until like the end of Lost Galaxy. Lost Galaxy was the last one, and then by Lightspeed Rescue, it's like fuck it, these are all it's new like, people. These are all new people. We're kind of doing our own thing. We might make references every now and then. Yeah, and then when you get to like Dino Thunder, like Tommy literally comes back as a character. He's like the he, new leader, and then ends up being a ranger himself, right? Even though he's, he's like fifteen years old. Well, he's like he's guys. their teacher at school. Yeah, and then like they pretty. they get their ranger powers, but then they find out that he used to be a ranger, and then he becomes a ranger again. Actually, I really like Dino Thunder. That's pretty cool. Dino Thunder is a good season. That's a cool uh, premise. <laughs> yeah, and he's the Black Ranger there. So he's in um seasons one through three of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, continued on into Power Rangers Turbo. And uh, oh, sorry, Zio. Power Rangers, sorry, Power Rangers Zio, and then Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah, he was in the first half of Turbo. Uh, yeah, mid season. Frank and his fellow cast members Johnny Young Bosch, Nakia Burris, and Catherine Sutherland agreed to leave and were replaced. Just um, pretty much the entire Zio squad. Like we said, until Lightspeed Rescue, they they were doing this like let's try to like force this continuity as hard as it may be. Where they could have just been recasting every season. But I'm like, I'm really happy they didn't do that, though, because I like the continuous story going on. That whole arc is known as, like, the Zordon era of Power Rangers. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, And then, so like you said, in 2004, he comes back to Power Rangers Dino Thunder as the Black Dino Ranger. During this time, he was always shown in long sleeve shirts to cover the tattoos on his arms. Yeah, because, you know, you can't fucking show tattoos on a children's show. No, role models don't have tattoos. Um, God, by this what a point, weird time. <laughs> yeah. By this point, he was, like, heavily tatted. He was, yeah. Uh, reprised his role again. I know he came back for a Wild Force episode, too. Forever Red. Yep. So it That's was, the Wild Force one, right? It was a crossover where they brought back all the Red Rangers of all time. Yeah, up to that point. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Which is Um, super early in Power Rangers history when you look back. uh, Frank reprises Ross Tommy Oliver, uh, who turned into the Green Ranger for the episode in the season finale of Power Rangers Super Megaforce. I remember that one. What was that one called? Like Once a Ranger? I don't know. (laughs) But like a bunch of people came back for that one. So apparently there was two seasons that were connected. It was Megaforce and then Super yep. Megaforce. It was Megaforce and Super Megaforce. That's a thing that they started doing. So there was like Samurai, then Super Samurai, oh. Megaforce, Super Megaforce, Dino Charge, and then like. But how does that tie else. into the Super Sentai shows? I think it just takes stock footage from whatever seasons they used because their their costumes changed oh, in the next okay. one but too. But the same actors. Yeah, same actors, different costumes. Yeah. Uh, so kind of similar to what they did in Mighty Morphin. Yeah, just on a much smaller scale. I watched Megaforce and Super Megaforce. It was a little disappointing because Super Megaforce was supposed to be like the big 25th anniversary event season, and then it was just kind of eh. Yeah, I read about that. Uh, Jason David Frank had a cameo role in the 2017 film Power Rangers as a citizen of Angel Grove alongside fellow Power Rangers actress Amy Jo Johnson. I remember that. I was excited when I saw that. I didn't notice them the first time I saw the movie. And I was told about it. And then the second time I saw the movie, I noticed them clear as day. Uh, I remember reading a story where he, Jason David Frank, said he got kicked out of the theater because he was trying to record his own part on his phone. That's funny. (laughs) In 2018, so the following year, he reprised his role as Tommy once again in episode 10 of Power Rangers Super Ninja Steel. The 25th anniversary of Power Rangers. That's what you were just referring to. Oh, that's the 25th. 20th was the 
in Mega Force One August of 2022. That's this year. He revealed that he had retired from the franchise. I think that's partially because of that um, crowdfunded film that he's doing. That's like Power Rangers inspired, but it's not Power Rangers. That oh, Legend right, of the White yeah. Dragon thing. Because he also got a bunch of like former Power Ranger actors to get in that movie as well. That's I actually want to see that when it comes out. Yeah, um, same. But allegedly, he he was not invited to the 30th anniversary thing for Power Rangers that's happening next year. Some speculation is because of that. Oh. Because I guess he's like kind so of competing. What, what you're referring to is the movie called Legend of the White Dragon. Yes. Uh, launched on Kickstarter in 2020. Initially, it was going to be a miniseries or fan film. But with popularity, it grew into a full feature film. It includes past Power Rangers performers such as Frank, Jason Font, and Sierra Hanna. Jason Font was for the Red Time Force Ranger. And Sierra Hanna was... The yellow Megaforce Ranger. Oh it's crazy God. how I know all that. Uh, that. Yeah, that was actually. <laughs> uh, I'm quite impressed. Other cast members. This is fun. Other cast members include Mark DeCascos and Michael Madsen. Holy shit. After that story told, they met <laughs> fucking uh, on, the, on the premiere at the Chinese theater yep. for this movie. That's crazy. He, ha- he gave an autograph to his son and then, you know, 30 years later, he, they're he, in a movie he, they're together. They're in a project. That's cool. That's fun. Um, the movie wrapped in 2021. It's currently in post-production set to release in 2023. I do really want to see that when it comes out. Wow. Personal life. He was an actual martial artist. Did you know this? Yeah. He had an MMA career too, I believe. I don't think he was in UFC or anything, but he did Uh, have an MMA career. Karate, Judo, Wing Chun, Jeet Kune Do, Taekwondo, uh, Muay Thai. God, he did a lot. Aikibo, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He did a lot of martial arts. Back in the day, I had the VHS where he teaches you martial arts as both the Green Ranger and the White Ranger. Whoa. And I would sit there in my living room and practice, practice my martial arts as taught by That's Jason adorable. David Frank. And it wasn't canon. Like He was the actor and he's like, here's I'm how Jason you do David Frank. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I play these these characters and here's how you do these karate moves. Okay. Do them with it me. It wasn't and like, would, I'm Tommy Oliver. And right, right. This and is the would, Angel Grove Youth Center. Uh, and he would do <laughs> the moves and teach you all like the moves and shit, like the proper form. That's, I mean, yeah. no, he, he was, took martial arts super seriously. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. He temporarily held a Guinness World Record in January 2023. Oh, shit. As he successfully broke the existing record. Sorry. 2013. Oh, I was like, that year hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and he he died. Yeah, Uh, that's not possible. As he successfully broke the record for most one-inch pine boards broken during free fall. That is very specific. During free fall? So he jumps and then punches boards. Huh. Uh, Frank attempted to break eight and successfully broke seven in his record-breaking attempt. His record was eclipsed only a few months later. Damn. By current Guinness World Record, Ernie Torres, who broke 12 boards during oh. his attempt. Oh, shit. That's... Oh. But hey, he was a world record holder for a little bit. That's uh, cool. In, tw- in 2009, officially announced his signing with Sucker Punch Entertainment and MMA uh, in his much-anticipated MMA debut. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Defeated the Mack Truck. The Mack Truck. <laughs> um, yeah, he fought some people in MMA. Let's just say that. <laughs> he has a record in MMA. Yeah. Very fair career. Real quick. He died in Texas just last month. Uh, age 49. 
pretty young. Um, his wife revealed that he had been battling with depression and mental health issues and died by suicide. Oof. I hate that. That's horrible. Look, I mean, get help. Like, if you're in a situation you where, help, where you're depressed, uh, yeah. get help. Like, but mm. I mean, and not, I know easy, easy for us to say because we're not yeah. like currently going through that. But it's just one of those things where it's like try to help yourself. If you I mean, can. some and when you know when I see these, I'm not saying like people in Hollywood like mm-hmm. they can be as equally as depressed as anybody else. Right. But I don't think they always have a full grasp on how much of a role model they are to other people. Right? No, uh, he was a hero to me growing He's, up. Uh, absolutely, maybe they had a more acute understanding of that. Maybe they would, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'd have a different kind of perspective on their lives to see exactly what kind of difference they had on so many kids. Well, uh, Jason David Frank, like obviously I didn't know the guy, but like every time I've seen him do anything like related to like Power Rangers or the fans, he was always super like energetic and passionate about it. No. And he did a bunch of uh, uh, conventions and appearances always doing stuff for that yeah i think he even posed as lord dracon it was like, like commercial for the comic book arc. yeah yeah which is amazing and so that's a character in the comics i don't fully understand it and look into him but he's he's some sort of like amalgamation of the green ranger and the white ranger put together right yes it's a tommy from another universe where he never left rita's control interesting yeah and then eventually he uh so he's evil yeah and he eventually betrays rita and you know becomes Lord Draken, and it's a pretty dark Power Ranger story too, because he like kills the other Rangers. He takes their power coins and stuff. Wow, in his universe. Yeah, in his universe. Yeah, I want to read it. I've played the video game Battle for the Grid, which is like a loose adaptation of that storyline. You were playing that today, weren't you? I was. <laughs> it's like a loose adaptation of that storyline, and actually, Jason David Frank voices Tommy in that game too. Amazing. And I think Austin St. John voiced Jason in that game. He's a criminal, but cool. <laughs> He's accused. Alleged alleged criminal. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's he he had so much passion for this character and I think he genuinely did care about the fans. Yeah. Like, I mean I think he did realize he was a role model. That's the thing. To and an like, extent. I don't know. Like I said, like I'm not about to sit here and like give I don't know, weird advice when I don't really fully we're, understand we're not, everyone. Like, qualified to no, do that. Absolutely no. not. But I mean, always, always take a minute to realize that you're somebody's role model, I guess. Yes. And you do matter to somebody. Yeah. A hundred percent. So totally sucks. But keep like this guy. No, this guy was a gem. Yeah. What a hero to so many kids like us growing up. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, because Power Rangers was considered for a minute problematic because it kind of glorified violence for children. Right. I guess even though it's. It's said in the show that they only use their powers for, like, defense. Right. And they don't escalate. And... No. Yeah. Like, that's said in the first episode of yeah. the show. And which is why they don't automatically go for the Zords. Right. They they do it when they're forced to. Right. They won't escalate the fight. The point of the show is to teach life lessons to children. Yes. Uh, and I think it does that very, very well. It, oh, absolutely. The, these actors and these characters are role models. And I think they do that very oh, well. I think part of the reason why... I am how I am today is obviously partially because of my parents and my upbringing. Yeah, like real things. Like real <laughs> things, yeah. But a lot of it could also, like, might come from Power Rangers, honestly, because yeah. I watched it almost religiously. Yeah. 
classic. And, and there's a lot to take away from it. It's classic good versus evil. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Be a member of Don't your be community. A dick to your friends. There's a lot of that in the first few seasons where it's Actually, like yeah, they're all about that. That's it's all, all they do. All about community. <laughs> like that's they're volunteering constantly. <laughs> it's like the only thing they do. That's their free time. <laughs> they're never just having fun. Actually, no, volunteering is fun for them. <laughs> That's that's what having that is, actually yeah. volunteered. Uh, sometimes it can be fun, but a lot of times it, it's just work. Yeah, most of the time it's the, work, the, isn't it? But it, there's something about knowing that you're actually helping out that makes you feel better about doing the work. Yeah, it could especially ab- since you're probably not getting paid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Keep. Yeah, yeah. What a guy. Rest <sighs> in peace. Yep, gone too soon. Honestly, into the Phantom Zone, Birdo. This movie, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, 1995. Don't put this in the Phantom Zone. There's definitely way more here to like than there is to... My only complaints are the CGI and, like, eh, story. Yeah. I think if you had done what the director said and and kept in the scenes that he wished he could have kept in, I think a lot of those scenes just weren't even filmed because they... Oh, like they were scripted, but they just weren't... Yeah, there's a lot of budgetary things. Okay. I think if he had made the movie that he set out to make, could have been really, really good. But, yeah, no, don't put this in the Phantom Zone. I think this movie deserves to be watched, honestly. Yeah. If I, anything, it's a great time capsule of the 90s. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I posted that we were doing this, and a buddy of mine is like, uh, so bad and so good. And I'm like, is it so bad? Because I think it's cheesy, and it's definitely a product of its time. In, in that sense, yeah, I guess it's bad. I don't think it's bad at all. <laughs> I think this is a good movie. Like, it doesn't hold up if you're expecting, like, some real dramatic shit. Oh, no. But also, like, I, I wasn't expecting that from this at all. But, I mean... <sighs> This it's, movie gave me more drama than I expected, honestly. <laughs> it's a good time for families. It's a good time for kids and, right. and parents no, this together. Is, this is a damn near perfect family film. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it works for Power Rangers. And I think they went out of their way to break all of the Power Rangers formulas and do something original. Mm-hmm. Um, and I quite appreciated that. Uh, it's a little bit of, like I said... Wizard of Oz and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but then it's also kind of Star Warsy, <laughs> and like you said, when they're when he's doing a strafing run, like, <laughs> and and they're fucking jet zords, like it gets badass. Missiles are flying everywhere. Explosions are happening. I got quite excited, and it's not done in like a cheesy Michael Bay way. It's done in like a pretty good action movie way. Yeah. Um, it's well shot. It's a good There's, movie entertaining performances i I very much enjoyed it i think this is the most i've enjoyed it as an adult um and it really really was like a trip down memory lane (laughs) so i think that's how i'm gonna be with the next movie uh turbo i've never seen that movie i'm excited to watch i will tell you that one's a lot weirder than this one i bet (laughs) i bet that one's a lot weirder and it's canon sure yeah (laughs) not into the phantom zone at all yeah no definitely not if you have any nostalgia for this, yes. watch it. If you find this movie and watch it, if you don't have nostalgia for it, you probably not. Actually, <laughs> maybe do something else with your time. Birdo, what movie are we doing next week? Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. Oh, I forgot that's how they titled it. <laughs> yep. So only a sequel in the sense that it is another Power Rangers movie, but right. again, this one isn't canon. No. So that one is the whole. Thing. That movie is a sequel to the Zio series. Right. It kicks off the kicks turbo off the turbo series. series. Yeah, so, I so guess it, it's almost like a pilot. It's almost like a TV movie put on the big screen. Yeah, uh, with a slightly higher budget, I guess. Sure, but yeah, guys, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. 
thanks to that piano dude for our musical intro. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get this podcast. Tell a friend, please. And thank you for telling a friend. Berta, what friend have you told to listen to us? Whoever saw my Instagram <laughs> story. Okay, good enough. <laughs> uh, you can support the show on Patreon, where you can get access to our second original podcast called Where's Mephisto? Berto, what is Where's Mephisto? Where are we looking for him? Where's Mephisto is where we look for Mephisto in currently streaming television shows. Uh, right now, we're looking for him in Andor. We haven't found him. Yeah, Andor's wrapped, but we haven't recorded the last one yet. Yeah, it's 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 been a little hard to schedule I mean, that. Christmas is coming up. It's getting a little bit diff- difficult. I'm about to take a trip, so this might not get edited for a minute. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so next week you're gone. The week after that, I have a work party that you might end up being at anyway if Sable goes. Oh, I'm going to that. Okay, yeah. I always go. See? (laughs) So, you can't keep me out of that. We'll figure it out. I'm not trying to. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's on our Patreon, along with bonus content, like outtakes from this very show, films from the Phantom Zone. That's on uh, links below on our Patreon, as low as $3. If you want to hang out with us throughout the week, you can do so on our Discord server. And all these episodes are streamed live on Twitch where you can hang out with us live, talk to us, be a part of the show. Um, just like Philly to the J, Redback Cosplay, The Man Named John, and others. So uh, we've had a couple of our friends feed us really good information. And we thank you guys for that. Yes. That's kind of why we do this live online. Come hang out with us, be a part of the show. Twitch.tv slash films from PZ. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday nights. Uh, we're on Instagram, Films from the Phantom Zone, Twitter, and TikTok, Films from PZ. And last but not least, all these episodes are on YouTube if that's how you enjoy listening to podcasts. And we will see you next week. That's it. Berto, is that it? That's it. All right. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>